This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Well, here we go again. 7.30 this morning, the PSA went out. Yannick Ngakwe will not sign a long-term deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Stunner. Uh, we've kind of, uh, he's been hinting at that in cryptic tweets for a long time. What does it mean? Jaguars going to tag uh, Yannick Ngakwe. We, we've all kind of speculated and known that. Uh, Adam Schefter reported it today, but uh, it's going to happen. And I don't think this does anything to change that. This is all a little bit of a gamesmanship game now uh, and a leverage play on so many different parts. And who does have the leverage? How does this end up? Who's at fault? How did we get here? Listen, I've talked to both sides over the last year about this at length. And everybody's got their reasons, whether it's spin or real. Bottom line is, how did we get here? And uh, it should never get here. You know, you can call the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. Maybe it's a toxic organization. Maybe it's it's just a terrible organization. They've proven that on the field. Uh, the way they've handled some things as of late in terms of players, uh, that has shown up at times. And so it could be all their fault. Absolutely. Uh, there's some uh, other guys to reference in that regard. But even on that side of it or on Jan's side of it, how do we get to this point? Because now what Jan is facing is a situation where maybe it was 17 million. Maybe it was 19 million. It wasn't 19 million, but maybe it was 17 <laughs> or 18 million last year. And this year it's 19.3 million. And if he doesn't play on the tag this year, or if he plays just when you can accrue the year of service, which would get him to maybe, I don't know, five, six, seven million dollars prorated. Well, then he's leaving a lot of money on the table over two years. That cannot be good for anybody. If I told you you were going to play for $7 million instead of $36, 37000000 in a two-year span, you'd say, how did we get here? And so that's what I'm asking. How did we get here? Brent Martin along with Austin Lane. Coos threw out his back, apparently. Still can eat whatever he's eating, though. He's got that salad. <laughs> Tofu salad. Tofu salad. Very nice. Sounds delicious. we got back injuries here. I hurt mine on Friday doing uh, 500 pounds of squatting. Hey. That's what I was doing, too. Let's go ahead and you guys, we have to engage our cores here, right? Let's go ahead and engage those cores a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's prevent those back injuries. I have before. engaged with craft averages. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably too much. What's up, Boston Lane? It's fight week, baby. It is fight week, man. And the Jags man. and Yon are fighting. I know, man. It's, it's fight week more than one level. Um, I like it. Let's go. TJ McConnell box score breakdown. Making a comeback. Are you walking out to party in the USA on Friday? Ooh, I just... No, absolutely not. See, the, the, that was like a combine song. That was reserved for a very special moment in my life. The, 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 the moments that I share with Miley Cyrus are extremely personal, and I will not be experiencing those in Dallas, Texas for my walkout. I have a different song planned. Don't worry about it. Are you going to tell no. us that, like, I mean, by that in the next couple of days before yeah, you get sure, out of here? Yeah, sure. I can okay. go ahead and break that news. I mean, it's Thank pretty you. much the song I've walked out to for the past like four or five months. I think you've so. told us this story behind Titus it. Titus Andronicus, yes. Yeah, no, yeah. no future part four, so there you go. There we go. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is fight week, just not for me, but also for the Jaguars and Yannick Ngakwe. And you asked yourself, Brent, where did this all go wrong, right? Because now we've got to the point where everyone's talking about it. The national media is poking fun, as usual, as is a la the Jacksonville Jaguars, it seems like for the past year and a half now. 
And when things go wrong, we have to point our fingers and be like, well, who's to blame? Because we, right. we need someone to blame here, okay? Because I'm not going to sleep at night until I can point the finger at somebody. Oh, absolutely. I just can't put my head down on my pillow and just be like, oh, I'm cool with this. No, you can't be cool with this. Yannick Ngakwe, I think, is a premier pass rusher, and we have to find out where this went wrong. And I've been pretty adamant about it. I shared it on Twitter this morning. I saw the, the writing on the wall, unfortunately, when Tom Coughlin went on his whole rant about Yannick Ngakwe needing to, you know, needing to show something and play better. Still proof so. Okay. And, and that was in November. Yeah. And, and then the last thing I like to do is, like, look back in the past and be like, well, they should have did this. They should have did this. I mean, I, I get it. It's the past for a reason. But if you look back on it, Brent, entering the 2019 season, you had Frank Clark and Demarcus Lawrence. We talked about this before a little bit. But you had two guys that were very comparable to Yannick Ngakwe. If you would have gave Yannick Ngakwe his money last year, let's say maybe twenty million, maybe I, I don't I don't see him making twenty one million, right? Because you have to if you're Yannick Ngakwe's camp, you had to see what Frank Clark got, you had to see what Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys got. And you had to figure with your track record, your your pay scale is gonna end somewhere right around there. If the Jaguars were just abided by that, we would not be here right now. And unfortunately, Yannick Ngakwe, he bet on himself. He turned down probably a lower deal than what was reported of $19 million, like you just said. We don't know how much the deal was worth, but it wasn't $19 million, okay? I'm pretty confident it wasn't $19 million. It wasn't $19 million. So he turned down a deal, deal smaller than that. And guess what? I would have turned that down, too. Just as like, you, I'm not sure where you, where you stand on it, but I'm sure you probably would have turned it down, too. If you got Frank Clark making around $20 million a year, and you get offered, let's say, maybe $17 million a year, of course you're turning that deal down. That's a crappy deal. So from Yannick Ngakwe's perspective, he bets on himself. He bets right now only eight sacks. People want to point the finger. Well, it, it was a down season. Yet, yet. I don't care, man. As far as I'm concerned, the guy's one of the most consistent guys in the NFL. Um, he had a hamstring injury this past year, but guess what? Only missed, I think, one game on it. So he's pretty uh, much as a dependable, durable type of dude. And now we're sitting here, Brent. And he doesn't want to be in Jacksonville anymore. And ESPN alerts are going off from your cell phone because it's that big a deal. It this, is. This news that is was everywhere. Good timing. Yeah, this news is everywhere right now. And I just think the problem is, yes, you say it all the time, money talks. I get it, Brent, but at the end of the day, this guy is going to get paid wherever he goes. You have to understand that, man, okay? So if you can make a paycheck and make pretty much the same amount of money wherever you play, then why would you want to play for somewhere where you just don't want to show up to work every single day? Simple I, as that. Yeah, that's a good call. We're going to talk more about that. But now I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that there's too much money left on the table in a two-year span that you're making up that kind of money. I mean, you can you can tell me all the dollars and all that stuff and how you make it up and, and that you're going to get paid and still a lot of money, and that's fine. But, again, my job, if if a little bit of my job, if I'm looking out for Yannick, is like, hey, I want you to make as much as you can make in the NFL. to so are career. you the franchise tag? Is that what we're getting at? Or what well, do you... I'm just talking about the last two years. Whatever he passed up last year, he passed sure. up and gambled on himself. That was cool, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that takes a lot of guts to do, mm-hmm. and he did it. So if he sits out this year and doesn't play on the franchise tag, because the Jags are going to franchise tag him. Of course. And so if he doesn't do that, now you're talking about leaving, well, whatever was the deal last year. So that was the first year. He paid played for $2 million, And now this year he probably will get it prorated because I do think he'll end up getting that accrued year and come in at the last one possible chance, which could be like October, November, somewhere in there. Mm. And so he'll get some of that money, as my guess, unless he just chooses to not do that, too, and, and screw the accrued year. I don't know how which valuable is, that is to a player. Yeah. But he could leave anywhere from another 13 to $19 million on the table. You're not making that up. Where are you making that up? What, what happens if you get hurt next year if you get franchise tag, Yannick Ngakwe? 
Well, you made $19 million. But I'm saying what happens? That's what I'm knocking on. Well, what, what happens if Yannick Ngakwe tears his ACL in training camp next year? Well, he probably doesn't make as much in free agency. Although, is, go ask Allen Robinson. Uh, uh, got uh, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm asking you a legit question. So, if you tear your ACL next year, you're not Gakwe. You, hopefully, you know maybe training camp, whatever it is, and you have a season-ending injury. Do you think his value is going to significantly go down next year than for free agency? I would and, think in, in terms it, of signing a long-term deal. I would deal. think it would, but it didn't for Allen Robinson. Is my point? Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Like he he didn't play his whole free agency year and mm-hmm. still got paid. Whatever it is, thirteen, fourteen million a year. Sure. So maybe it wouldn't. See, I think it would from my perspective. I do too. I think, I think, I think, I think logic Yannick, says it would. I, I, think, I think Yannick Ngakwe wants to be, you know, right now where we're sitting, going into 2020, probably wants to be in the realm of the top three to top five highest paid defensive ends in the NFL. If he was to get franchise tag this year, go out and hurt himself. I'm, watching, I'm not wishing injury on anybody. I'm just going through the scenarios that's there. Possible. Yeah, but of course it if is. he if he was able if he was you know to get hurt, have a season-ending injury, well, then all of a sudden, the, all those teams that are interested in free agency right now, like we assume that they are, those teams maybe go away, Brent. And now all of a sudden you're talking about a max deal, you know, being one of the highest-paid defensive ends in the NFL. I'm going to put, you know, whatever on it to say if he was hurt next year, he would not be getting that long-term deal that he so desperately requires with the amount of money that he so desperately requires. Is it a fair question in his situation, though, to ask? Am I ever going to make up the money that I'm passing up at the moment? Yeah, I mean, and, it's and, absolutely you know, fair to Jan ask would that. sit here and he's told me this before. He's like, pay the, just take the money. You don't just take the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. I get what you're saying. But sooner or later, you, you want more money. And you're, he's made like $2.3 million or something in his career. Mm. I mean, we're talking about life-changing money that, you're right, any of those things could happen. But now we're talking about chasing uphill max value of 30 something million dollars i'm not saying the jags are right here i just saying you got to be a little cautious of sitting out now we'll say this his statement today did not say he wouldn't play on the franchise tag he said he's not signing a long-term contract with the jaguars so he did not now i do believe that he'll sit out and, and won't play on it for as long as possible yeah but i'm just saying his his tweet today did not indicate i'm not even playing for the franchise tag mm-hmm. this was a leverage play before they made the move on the franchise tag to say hey I'm done. You can offer me $25 million and I'm not staying. $25 million a year, I will not sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So I understand where his point is. I just think as we look further down the road, my goodness, leaving seems to leave a lot but, of money on see, the table. But you can't look at it just from that perspective, Brent, because you're looking at it from what would you do if you're an NFL player. Look at it from Yannick Ngakwe's perspective for a second. If this was all just about money, then he wouldn't have tweeted before the Colts game, this is my final lap, you know, and they yeah. put the checkered flag up. And then he wouldn't have tweeted after the game, it's been real Duval, thank you. All right? All those indications right there before and after, you know, that Colts game, it shows that this is more than money because if he was really concerned just about money, he would never tweet that stuff, right? He would use that leverage, you know, and say, yeah, I still want to be in Jacksonville. Let's see what you guys got. But he didn't do that. He said, we'll see you guys later after his last game. So that leads me to believe this is more than just about a couple million dollars here or there, man. This is about a culture problem. This is about him not wanting to be with the front office anymore. And look at the history, Brent. Dante Fowler, Allen Robinson, Jalen Ramsey, now Yannick Ngakwe. These are all guys from different backgrounds, different positions, um, different personalities. But guess what? It seems like they're happy when they want to get out of Jacksonville, and it seems like 
like they're happy on their new teams. It's a great point, and it's one that's kind of indefensible right now. But are the situations the same? That's where I, I went in a little bit today on social media. I don't think they're the same. I really don't. I don't think Allen Robinson's situation is the same as Johnny Ngakwe's, and Jalen Ramsey seemed to be totally different, and Dante's probably pretty similar. But uh, we'll talk about that on the other side. Also, uh, you're right now, it's not about the money. I had some conversations about this today because I tweeted. I said it's always about the money because mm. it is always about the money. Well, mm. this doesn't get going without the money being an issue is my point. Sure. You just said it at the start. Mm-hmm. If the Jaguars had given them what they wanted, oh, yeah. whether that was being the highest guy, reset the market, top three, whatever it was, then this is how we started to get here. You know, and that's so it is about the money. Now, it might not be about the money any longer, but I also have that question. If we thought it was because of Tom Coughlin, well, Tom Coughlin's gone. Where, where, what about the last three months? Because all I hear is Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, top priority. We love the guy. Unbelievable guy. Oh, I'm sure Todd Wash saying the same things. Teammates saying the same things. So was there that much damage already done by Tom Coughlin that even his removal didn't even matter uh, to the situation here in Jacksonville? Or does it go beyond Tom Coughlin? Is it the owner? Is it Dave Caldwell? We know it's the front office. We don't believe it's the coaching. Uh, I guess we don't know that, but we don't believe it's the coaching. It's more got to do with the front office. There's a lot to dissect here. Your call's welcome today, 904-362-9901. We'll open them up, star star 690 as well. The best thing for us to do as an organization is when we have news for you guys on that is to let you guys know when we have news on it. Um, there's still a process that needs to be played, but I think you guys know how we feel about him, and um, we want him here. We're going to try to get him here and keep him here um, one way or another. So um, I think uh, I'll leave it at that. That was Dave Caldwell uh, trying not to say too much in the public uh, last week at the NFL Combine. Uh, prior to that, on December 31st, when they it was announced that they were coming back, he said priority number one. Did he paint himself in a hole saying priority number one is Yannick Ngakwe? And it looks like this uh, right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Monday. Hope you had a good weekend, everybody. Fight week for Austin Lane. Coming up, uh, he'll be here just for a couple of days and then uh, head out to Texas for that fight. So uh, we'll talk more about that as the next couple of days goes along. But we knew this was coming at some point. I think some posturing at the very least. Here's the deal. A lot of times this is posturing and no doubt everything's a negotiation. And in negotiations, everything is posturing. <laughs> <laughs> but the one difference with Yannick Ngakwe is... I feel like he's the real deal here. He's not just going to be wooed by money. It is principle-based. It's chip-on-the-shoulder guy. It's I'm digging in the sand, and I'm not getting out. Mm -hmm. And he's that guy. Right or wrong, good or bad, he's that guy. And I think it's something you appreciate about him, um, for sure. So uh, I I think that could – that means – you can throw dollars and other things and, and get to the table and talk and all that stuff. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make much hay in that regard. Uh, like you might be able to do with some others. You know, I think people get over their differences in a hurry when they get what they want. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. and that's the way negotiations work. Uh, but I'm not so sure about this one. That's where this one does feel different. That's where I will say, yeah, may, is it just about the money? Well, no longer is it just about the money. It's been about the money. Mm -hmm. It starts with the money. It was about the money. And 
I'll say that until I'm blue in the face because it's always about the money. And it always will be about the money. But it's just always also about the Jags. How toxic right now are the Jaguars as an organization? You brought it up, Allen Robinson. Although, again, again, we can classify these. Yeah, good player. Didn't re-sign him. Drafted him. But that wasn't a toxic in the public back and forth. That was basically got outbid because he was coming off an ACL and someone was willing to go high. He seems happy now, doesn't he? But he sure seems happy. We've talked to him a couple of times at the Super Bowl. I'm just and, saying, and that's I don't think... Mitch Trubisky, by the way. Yeah, how, I think... how happy can you be? Yeah, listen, I think people on, on social media have said, I do I think we we ask him this all the time. I love a Rob, big a Rob fan. Do I. Uh, I, I think, and I think he usually keeps it real. But I think him wanting out, as we've asked him at the Super Bowl before. As was about all the turnover, he said. He's like, it just got, you couldn't be at the best you could be because there's always change. I thought that was a good answer. I thought that was interesting to hear it that put that way. And as you look at it, he's right. There's been constant change, coaches, offensive coordinators, receivers, coaches, all that. Mm-hmm. So he kind of put, two years ago in Atlanta, he said that to us. And But I also always felt there are some guys that you feel like they don't want to be in Jacksonville forever. And that's okay. And that's an okay thing. I'm not saying that as a knock. I'm just saying he's a Detroit guy, Midwest guy, Chicago, big lights. Um, I think he likes that. He relishes that. I think that's, and I think that was part of it too. So do you ask me, does he like it? I think that's also why he likes it. Okay. I think if he was productive here and, and things were going smooth, I think he'd like it here too. Sure. He's had one good year and one bad year, not him personally, but Chicago. Mm-hmm. Last year was probably not much fun for anybody who played for Chicago. Previous year was very fun. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take his four years here, he had three not so fun years and one year that he couldn't even be a part of because of the injury. Well, that was fun. And don't forget last year, like it wasn't a fun time in Chicago, but he still did very well. Okay, I mean, when the ball was thrown in his vicinity, oh, no, he, 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 I mean, yeah, it wasn't him. He, he had a great season last he year. He did have a good so, season. Yeah. And he's a good player, yeah. a very good player. I, I believe that. So, um, so yeah, there is this trend of not being able to keep the best players. We've had these conversations. Do the Jags have a problem? I think the answer as you look at it is, yeah, but why? Mm-hmm. You know, why was it all? Before, everybody's like, Tom Coughlin. It's Tom Coughlin. It's Tom Coughlin. Is it deeper than that? Is the question. Yeah. Uh, do we have to start asking ourselves, is it deeper than that? Yeah, sure. Jalen Ramsey was gone by the time Coughlin got fired. Uh, Dante Fowler was gone. Allen Robinson was gone. All those, they were gone. Yannick Ngakwe was still here with a chance to maybe rescue this. Oh, unless you, you fall under the idea that too much damage had been done. But the bottom line is here, whether they get something done with Yannick or not, or if he stays or if he goes, this franchise has to move forward and find good players and, and have a good culture to it at some point. And if it wasn't just Tom Coughlin, well, they better find out why it wasn't just Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Listen, so with Yannick Ngakwe, and it begs the question. Obviously, him and Tom Coughlin probably didn't see eye to eye, just like a lot of players in that locker room probably didn't see eye to eye with Tom Coughlin, right? So I think with what you're getting at here, Brent, is the fact that Tom Coughlin is now gone, okay? They have got rid of the problem, and one would think, well, since Tom Coughlin's gone, and, you know, let's be honest, they kind of made him out to be the scapegoat, now everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be, for the second time in two weeks, hunky-dory. Um, but it begs the question, is it I really? I had the over. You had the over. Okay. So look at it like this, Brent. If you lose a finger, the finger's gone, but you're still going to have those phantom pains. It's still going to have some lingering effects, if you will. 
And I think if you look at this front office right now, if you look at Shad Khan, you look at Yannick Ngakwe, yes, the major issue of Tom Coughlin is gone, right? He's probably the guy that was campaigning to pay Miles Jack that got paid before Yannick Ngakwe. Okay, that's that probably rubbed Yannick Ngakwe wrong a little bit, right? Because, like you said, this is all about money to start out with, right? Yannick Ngakwe wanted his new contract. He didn't get it. He even showed up to OTAs. He showed up to spring ball, still didn't get it, left, came back, played out the, that deal of his rookie year, still didn't get a contract. All the while, Miles Jack, a guy who was on nobody's radar, comes out and gets a new deal. Okay, and then we already talked about Tom Coughlin at the press conference saying Yannick Ngakwe has got to show more, whatever. Okay, so Tom Coughlin's gone now, right? But the guy who hired Tom Coughlin to run things is still around, okay? But the guys who kind of let this whole thing transpire in that locker room, they're still around as well. So just because Tom Coughlin's gone doesn't mean Yannick Ngakwe thinks, oh, everything's fine now, all right? Like, there's still some after effects of what happened with Tom Coughlin last year. And I think that's what you're kind of seeing right now, Brent, all right? And it's, it's not a – I mean, I guess you could knock Shad Khan if you wanted to, but let's be honest, man. There's a lot of miscommunication last year. A lot of it had to do with Tom Coughlin, but I'll say this again. When you had all these grievances going around, the fact that Tom Coughlin knew about it and maybe Shad Khan didn't really know about it or Doug Marone didn't really know what was going on, like – to me, that's a, that, that's a culture, that's a recipe for a toxic environment. Hence why Yon doesn't want to be here anymore. Let me ask you this. Uh, if um, I'm going to play a game of hypotheticals sure. because uh, there's still so much out here. Yeah. But sh- Tom Coughlin gets fired, uh, I think it was uh, about 10 days into December, uh, maybe the second week of December. And Dave Caldwell, Shad Khan, Tony Khan, Doug Marone, Todd Wash, whatever. I don't know. You wouldn't have all those people in the room. But they, they, they say, hey, they reach out to representation for Jan and say, hey, listen, we know it's that w- this hasn't gone the way we wanted it to go, right? Uh, we, we try to do it better than that. But, I mean, listen, Tom's done a lot of great things, but this one we feel got muddied up sure. more than however the nicest way to say that is. And we probably – few months ago would have given you if we had to do this over and uh, would have given you x amount of dollars and you've been awesome this year uh didn't do didn't make this a big show played played for two million gambled on yourself uh we were on a reward you mm-hmm. five years 22 million dollars 21 and a half million dollars 22 and a, give me the number whatever it is would you take the deal last year or, oh, or in or december two, like two uh, months ago yeah, I'm saying. Well, yeah, I'm saying last year. I mean, technically last year. Well, in the well I would yeah. say January if you Jan- want. Yeah, I mean, okay. if he did it, if they did it last week at the combine, they met what, at the what, combine. Would Yannick Ngakwe so. take twenty two million dollars? I honestly can't answer that truthfully. I, I honestly, I don't know because, like I said, I think it's more than just money, Brent. I really do. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I mean, what, what do you think? Well, I don't deny that uh, he wouldn't. Yeah. But if it's put that way, and get said, hey. You know, we tried to fix some of this. You know, we got to fix some of this thing. We've taken a look at it, but we also want Jan to be a big part of it. Yeah. And we appreciate everything he's done. Again, I don't know how the conversations go. I don't even know. If, I mean, I'm not saying the Jags would be willing to go there. I don't think they are. I mean, I really don't. I mean, if I don't think they're probably willing to go 22 million a year. Uh, but if you put it that way, I, I would say, well, gosh, I mean, that's pretty. That's a pretty good way to try to repair things because we said it all the way along. It's like there's got to be some type of way to repair it or mm-hmm. at least an effort to. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how 
how the Jags did that, if they did that, if they tried to repair, or if they've still drawn the hard line in the sand and never going to get to 22. Well, then the conversations are a little bit moot at that point. But um, I would say in this situation, knowing what I know, hearing what I've heard, I would say, no, he probably wouldn't take it. But I would also say if they offered him $22 million over five years, I would be able to, if it was me, I'd be able to get past the other stuff. I'm just saying, though, Brent. So if you're Yannick Ngakwe, though, and you play out through the season, right? So let's say they offer you in January and just late December, okay? And you're Yannick Ngakwe. Nice Christmas, Brent. Yeah, well, and, you, and you know dang well, guess what? That your play on the field is going to dictate that you're getting a new contract. You bet on yourself, and guess what? It paid off. Cha-ching. What indication has Yannick Ngakwe ever showed after, you know, he had some pretty good games of the fact that, you know what, I'm getting paid here in Jacksonville. I can't wait. He never once said, Jacksonville, better pay up now. And I'm granted, like, this guy didn't show up to training camp in a Brinks truck, right? Like, he didn't do anything cryptic. Cause the, well, he does, he's done things cryptic, but he didn't come out and say, you know what, I want to get paid this much. No. Like, he never, that's not his style. Okay? Like, yeah, maybe he has cryptic tweets and stuff like that, but the guy doesn't come out and just say, you better pay me this much, you better pay me this much. Now, there was some... Rumors, speculations that leak saying he wants what twenty two, twenty three now, whatever 22, it is, yeah. twenty two million dollars um, a year. Not saying that came from him, maybe it came from his camp, but I'm saying Yannick Ngakwe has always been the guy that just kind of lowered his head down and went to work. Okay, so when the season was getting close to an end and the writing was on the wall and he was going to make a new contract because you knew he played pretty well, I never heard Yannick Ngakwe one time say, "All right, Jacksonville." time to pay me now yeah yeah. because he could have easily said that and nobody would have faulted him for that we were all campaigning for it i was campaigning for it i think you were campaigning for it so from that perspective if you offer yannick and gakwe 22 23 million dollars right now no man i don't think he takes because once again there's a lot more than money involved here yeah then the question is asked would he get 22 million anywhere else correct you know and and if you want out by the way and this is what we talk about this, because the toxic nature, if that exists, how do you fix it? Take Yannick out of the situation. Yeah. How do you fix it? And on top of that, if a guy wants out, they're eventually going to get out. Mm-hmm. We saw that with one, Ramsey. One way or other. Now, it might not happen that quick. Uh, I will, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of sense of what I would be doing if I was the Jags, and also if I was in Gakwe. I like it. Coming back. But also, it begs the question, man, if this is the Jags, if it's really as toxic as what it appears from the outside, and you're losing good players and you can't keep good players, how do you change it? Do you sell the team? You need a new owner? I mean, how do you fix it? We'll talk about it next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The one thing I'll, I'll say about Jan is that never seen anyone in that I believe handle a situation better than, than, than he has. Meaning that, you know, you're going in and there's negotiations and there's contract. But, you know, for me as the coach, and this is what I, I love about Yana, and this is why I love him so much, it never affected how he practiced or how he performed or what he did or how he react, you know, did everything with his teammates. He never brought that into the locker room. So as a coach, you know, I have so much respect for that. That's Doug Marone last week to us at the NFL Combine Indianapolis what in the world is Doug Marone thinking <laughs> right now? I mean, I don't say that in a negative context. I'm saying that in not like what was he thinking. What is he thinking? Yeah. His job's on the line. You need good players. I don't care. See, that's the thing. I'm almost to this point, by the way. I love talking about it. I think there's it's fascinating because I will say again, you can line them up with A-Rob and Dante and Jalen and Jan. 
You're going to line them up, and that, that I, it's indefensible, really. I mean, you you got a good case. But I will say the Jags have had nothing like this in my 12 years here. And that bridges two owners, two GMs, several GMs, several GMs, coaches, cultures, losing seasons. And it hasn't been like this. This is totally different. Now, Whoa. that could be times have changed. Players have more power. Yeah. Social media is out. Maurice Jones-Drew wasn't tweeting at, in 2012. Maurice Jones-Drew is the closest thing to it. But yeah. it didn't play out like this. That's my point. And, you know, Jalen was a different thing in, 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 its, in, in itself. It just was. Uh, and it, it, I don't know if we'll ever see that one again. But these things we do see sometimes. We see these kind of contentious relationships with Players and organizations happens all across the league. Let's not pretend that the Jags are the only one. Listen, A.J. Green just got fran- or is going to get franchised. He's not happy about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's happy about the franchise tag. No, but he's still going to play under it, and you know whatever it is, it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's the the thing that is interesting to me about this one is whether it's Caldwell or Khan or whatever, they have not experienced this, and there have been some possibilities too. You know, they, they've had to re-sign guys, you know, and, and so it hasn't played out like this. Does that well, make Jan and his camp a little bit different? Does that make the Jags did something wrong here? Was it all Coughlin uh, because of that? It just feels so different than some of these other ones, uh, which makes it unique. I mean, no, it has. we haven't seen this, Brent, but let's be honest here. Have we really ever seen this in the entire NFL? When you have first-round picks and pro bowlers that you cannot re-sign that you drafted. Dante Fowler, Allen Robinson, Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe. Okay? They're either first-round picks or they're pro bowlers. They're staples of your team. They're pillars on your team. They're leaders going forward. And you can't re-sign them. Okay? Now you traded one of them away. You couldn't re-sign another to a free agent deal. One wanted out. And now another one wants out. Like... Honestly, I'm trying to think back. I'm thinking like the Cleveland Browns back in, you know, when I was getting drafted back in 2010. Horrible franchise, man. They're, they're, they're the factory of sadness, the laughing stock of the NFL. I can't even remember guys just saying, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, I want to get out. Now, like you said, it could be the, the change of an NFL player, right? The modern NFL player where if you're not happy, you're going to voice your opinion. And if you're that disgruntled, you're going to ask for, you know, wanting out. But I can't think of another team, Brent, in the NFL who's gone through the stuff that the Jacksonville Jaguars have gone through the past couple of years in terms of not being able to re-sign their guys. Yeah, it's been uh, – it, it begs the question like we just asked. I mean, is there that much of a toxic culture? Is it Jacksonville? Is it losing? Is it all of that? You know, I mean, what is it? And then if it – what fixes it? You know, playing two games in London probably won't fix it. Uh, but uh, the <laughs> – what does fix it? And and where else are we headed? Like, Miles Jack got paid. So that is out of the question. Uh, Leonard Fournette has started to hint like, okay, I can't wait to get out of here, type of hints. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, whether it's the cryptic tweets or taking this Jag stuff down off his social media, whatever it is. Uh, there's always seems to be some bizarre something or other going on with Fournette. Who, uh, who would be next? Really? No, nobody. I mean, again, this is what's interesting to me is this is the only guy the Jags have that they have to get paid. That really, that's it. Like the, it stops there. Like D.D. Westbrook be a minimum. I'm talking about big, big bucks. Sure. Uh, nobody else. Yeah. There's nobody else until Josh Allen down the road. And if Gardner Minshew becomes your franchise quarterback, if D.J. Chark is a three-time Pro Bowler by that time, there's nobody else right now that the Jaguars have to worry about taking care of and getting paid. 
Right. And so I think if we go back to our conversations, that's why I said, I don't care how much money it costs. Just get them paid. Get it done. Mm -hmm. Get it done and give me the two pass rushers that are 25 and under. And you have something that nobody else in the NFL has. And I'll take that. And I think uh, the Jaguars would be wise to do that to some degree. Now it doesn't look like it even matters the amount of money uh, that that would uh, get thrown at Yannick Ngakwe. So what does fix it? I, I I guess winning, you know, find the right quarterback, mm-hmm. get winning, you know, pick the right quarterback, hope Minshew's the guy, and and get some W's. Does it change, bam, just like that on a dime? I don't know. They've done business with a lot of players sure. over the years. You know, uh, here's what's going to make it worse, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. What if they can't figure out a way to keep Calais Campbell? I mean, this on top man. of come on, that's man. real, man. I can, uh, that's real. That's I real. can only handle so much in one week, right now. That's dude. real in the next fifteen days. Yeah, you know, on top of all the negative stuff. Mm. That's why I bring up the word toxic. On the all the negative stuff is you could have another beloved guy on defense that either you can't rework his deal, restructure his deal, he's not willing to. You don't have the dollars to. To fund, and by the way, one of the reasons you might not have the dollars because your franchise tagging Yannick Ngakwe, who might not play for you. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But but here's the here's the ironic thing, Brent. Right? Because let's be honest now. I think Jaguars fans, let's be honest, are probably fed up with Yannick Ngakwe, right? Like, well, I, I'm I sure. Say, I don't or, know, man. Okay. Uh, well, I, I guess I asked and a different I, question. I haven't been on social media that much today, so I couldn't tell you. Good for you. Well, I, I think you know how I operate. Who is to blame <laughs> for contentious relationship between Jaguars and Yannick Ngakwe? I did a poll this morning. Uh, almost 1,300 votes, 82% wow. say the front office. Dang. Okay, so m- then maybe I stand corrected and, and Jaguars fans are, are still on Yannick's side. Regardless of that, though, it's ironic that you know people want to give Yannick Ngakwe crap for not playing out his contract, right? Like, you're still a rookie, you're short of that contract, you should play it out. That's how the NFL works. But then at the same time, we want to sit here and say, well, Yannick, I mean, uh, well, Clayus Campbell, he has to take a pay cut, man, because $17 million is way too much for him. So he should, you know, he should be the, do the right thing here, be a team leader, and take a little bit of a pay cut. No, 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 no. You can't have it both ways. So either Yannick Ngakwe plays that rookie contract and you pay Clayus Campbell what he's owed, or, you know, just get off the fence and stop complaining about it. So from Clayus Campbell's standpoint, Brent, listen. This is a guy who I think wants to be in Jacksonville. I think you would agree with me here. I, I think that the city has embraced him. I think he loves the city of Jacksonville. He's the Walter Payton man of the year for a reason. Uh, the, you know, the, the dude's charitable work, um, it knows no bounds, okay? So he's never said anything like, I don't want to be here. He's never put on any cryptic tweets. You know, I mean, he's, he's a pretty much a straight shooter in terms of Twitter. So from Clayus Campbell's standpoint, you have the advantage there, right? Because I think he wants to be in Jacksonville. But once again, it comes down to... The restructuring of the deal, you know, and if I'm Clayus Campbell myself and listen, and once again, I, I don't know exactly what Clayus Campbell's body feels like right now. I'm, I'm basically speaking from, from that standpoint, but if I'm still feeling good and I know that I can give more than just a couple pass rushes here or there, I'm not going to want to stick around, man, because I still feel like if I have a lot to contribute, I want a team that's going to let me do that. Yeah, what I would do is maybe think about trying to extend him in some way mm-hmm. and and give him more money overall, even if some of it's deferred to next year. Yeah. You know, that's what I would try to do with him and give him, you know, more dollars. Uh, and it might take that, but at least you're not st- stuck with the 15 this year. Now, you could simply say, hey, they get rid of A.J. Boye if that's what they choose to do. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably could afford Calais Campbell. They probably can make it work even if they don't restructure. 
just a matter of if they want to restructure, how they see him, all those things. Uh, what happens – I'm going to play this out from um, – See, like, I have an ego when it comes to this stuff. This is why I wouldn't be good at this. <laughs> okay. Or, or maybe this is why these guys are in this situation. Because, see, I believe ego comes into this a lot. Of course. You know, have you ever – well, you're a little different. Cause you, <laughs> That's going to be a button. Uh, it's <laughs> true, fun. though. It's true, though. Like, so you've never – like, in, in C- anybody that wants now. to go in for a raise in their job. Sure. Right, Coos has done this before. Okay, say so, so he wants to go in, yeah. and you and what happens is when you're about to go in and meet with your boss mm-hmm. about a raise, you're like you play this thing out in your mind, and you have, and then it starts to eat at you a little bit. You're like, yeah, I deserve this. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I earned that thing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm gonna get this, and even like you'll play it out. You'll be like, even at the the bad end of this, I'm gonna get this. Sure. And Worst you, case scenario, and you, and you play out like this situation in your mind. And you, you, this is how the meeting's going to go. And if it goes great, great. If it goes, I'm going to bring up this point. If I have to get contentious about it, I'm going to get contentious about it. It sounds you know, exhausting, man. I, I, I don't want to go through this. Wow. Coos, you ever have those thoughts? I usually cave immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for free. You know what? They, you know what's funny is most cave immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take a pay cut. The second there was like, a, no, yeah. we can't do that. All right, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think you're right about that, though. Most do. But. So you play this thing out, but there's a my, my point in the conversation is there's an ego part of it. Sure. There's an ego part that comes in and be like, I am not backing down. I'm not gonna take no for an answer. Yeah. What's that? Tommy boy. Okie dokie. <laughs> I like it, man. I love uh, it. But you you cave to it, but there before you get in there, there's this ego. Sure. That's my point. Before you get to the deadline, before you get to the must make decision, there's ego bravado to it. Of course. And this is kind of how I feel like we've gotten here. A little bit. There's ego and bravado and, and to both sides. And there always is. I'm not knocking that. That's fine. That's part of it. But if I were like, I feel like Yannick's playing out his ego bravado part, mm. right or wrong. Sure. He, he just tweeted. Yeah. I mean, he took the Twitter to do it. Dude, he, he announced a PSA on yes. Sunday and said breaking news like he's going to drop a, an album or something like that. Man. Almost to the point where this has been well thought out months and months in advance Calculated, of how it's yeah. going to play out. Which, yep. by the way, is probably good business, True. right? Yeah. I mean, that could be a good thing because now they've kind of put the ball in the Jags court here to say, okay, you're going to franchise this guy? Should you trade him right now well, with some value yeah, to him? Yeah, yeah. Right? And that's kind of what we're talking about a little bit, man. Like, if, if you're Doug Marone right now and Dave Caldwell, I'll be honest with you, Brent. I'm fighting for my job, obviously, this year, right? I mean, the writing's on the wall. Either you win this year or you're probably gone. You got lucky last year. For whatever reason, you still have a job. Fantastic. You have to win this year. And if I'm Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell right now, I think the ball's in Yannick Ngakwe's court 100%. Because if I have to win right now, there's the risk where if I do intend to franchise tag Yannick Ngakwe, okay, let's see how that plays out. So I franchise tag Yannick Ngakwe. So I'm saying you're paying, you're going to play for me for this price, and it is what it is, man. That's just that's the nature of the beast. That's what the contract says. Have fun with that. Okay. So say that they do that. Well, Yannick Ngakwe just goes, oh, that's cool. You want a franchise take me? I'm not going to play, which could definitely be a scenario, Absolutely. right? It could definitely play out like that. Well, then you essentially lost Yannick Ngakwe for the season. 
All right, you don't have them on the field, obviously. You don't have them in the locker room, pretty much. And it's another distraction to your team. Okay, it's bad optics to your team. Instead of talking about, you know, Gardner Minshew, how the Jaguars is going to be this year, it's Yannick Ngakwe sitting out. Yannick Ngakwe is not playing, so it's bad optics on your part, and you don't get to use his, you know, his tools and his skill set to your advantage. The other side of the scenario is, if you're Doug Marone and Dave Collin, you have to win this year. Do you trade him ASAP? even before the draft, because that's probably when his price tag is going to be the most, right? Because right now teams are trying to do their due diligence. They're analyzing the combine stuff. They're watching college room. They have their big draft boards up. And they're like, all right, we need this, 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 and this. But, man, if, if we had a, a valuable pass rusher at our disposal, well, then we could change some things around. So from that perspective, if you're Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell right now, do you try to trade Yannick Ngakwe for as much as you can? and at least getting something back in return so that way if you get some draft capital, if you get a different player, whoever it is, at least you have something going into the season that helps you give get a chance to win. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like either you win or you lose this year, but you're probably going to be gone if you lose. So why not trade Yannick Ngakwe for the most possible just so you have something to show for it where it's like, well, hey, Yannick didn't work out, but at least we have these guys playing on our roster now because we still care about winning. Yeah, it's really a brilliant move by Yannick and his camp in, yeah. in this respect to say, all right, ball is in your court, Jags. you got to either decide to franchise tag us or not. Well, mm-hmm. we know they're going to franchise him. Sure. I don't think – but they have to at least – be willing to do that and eat the contract because they know how Yannick feels about this situation. Doesn't want to play. Mm. So uh doesn't want to play for this team. Um so it's it was good and the timing was good because there's still business to be had, you know, with the the league year starting up and before the draft and there's a lot of different ways to go without making it even more contentious than it already is. So it was a good move on their part to if you were going to use that card yeah use it right now to kind of set um the next set of motions in 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 motion the next set of moves because even if you're looking at the jags if i'm the onside and seeing the leverage all right i don't have a ton because i got the franchise tag i'm gonna have to say no to the franchise tag Mm -hmm. or not play at all and i don't want to do that i like to play football and 19 million dollars 19 million dollars but the jaguars are while they're not strapped for cash, they have important decisions to make with Boye and Calais, and they also don't have a ton of cash. They just cleared it up. So they don't want to sit there with 19.2 on their books mm-hmm. going into the season because whether they pay the whole 19 or not, it's on their books right now, which would then allow them not to do certain moves, yep. whether it's free agency or well, tight end uh, for sure. Yeah, because if you want to get that free agent tight end, you better you know make some moves for it. So, so. it's it's the perfect time to do do it it's it's mm-hmm. a good ploy it's a good move um from from that side of it and i talked a little bit about the ego side of of deals and uh the back and forth we're gonna take a time out on the other side i'll tell you if i was the jaguars what i would do good because i was waiting to hear yeah, this, i know it. This I, I just, we're gonna get up against yeah. a break so i don't want to start it now but if i were the jags and shod Khan and, and dave Cole, by the way don't think there's a lack of bravado on that side either mm-hmm. is my point uh, ego and bravado and this is our territory and to that effect how careful does Shad Khan have to be forget about Caldwell Marone all the rest well, how careful does Shad Khan yeah. have to be after basically Jalen Ramsey wrote his way out of Jacksonville no agreed. how careful does he have to be Shad to say here's another player saying 
dictating his way out of Jacksonville. Just keep in mind, though, Shad Khan's going to be here regardless, right? He's the owner of the team. Dave Caldwell, Doug Marone, this is a win or lose of the season. The, 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 the stakes could not be higher for Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. And literally, his decision could be your career right here. Well, you always say, too, like communication. This mm-hmm. is where communication has to be a premium. Mm-hmm. They have to be on the same page with the way they want to do that. Now, of course, Shad Khan gets the ultimate decision on which way they want to go. Yeah. But it's better if they're on the same page because then you get angst and hostility and confrontation within your own walls potentially because of a move that was made or wasn't made. Mm-hmm. All right, if I had the big ego hat on, what would I do if I were the Jags regarding the Yannick Ngakwe situation? I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, but what I would do. That's next, ESPN 690. At least it lets people at home get a true perspective on how athletically right. freakish, yeah. even offensive, because they're all offensive linemen. You know, it's the last position on the way out. You know, you always bust us up about yeah. it, which is all fun. But the reality is, there are a lot of incredibly talented and athletic dudes playing the O-line, and you should see a man at 370 running what most people would run, and probably faster than most people would run, just walking the street. <laughs> That was Chef Saturday talking about the NFL Combine. Oh, we did it. You did it. You were guilty of it. You're, what? You, you came in here, and in the last hour, you're like, <laughs> did you see him run? Oh, yeah, Did you yeah. see him not do well? Yeah, yeah. And you got guys going up and down the draft boards because they ran in their underwear in Indianapolis inside a building. You oh, did yeah, it. dude. I'm, I'm so on board right now. Oh, I'm so on board. Hey, last week I'm like, you can't put too much snake into it, right? It comes down in the film. Hey, first thing I tell Brent, you see Dave Brown the three cone drill? Oh, oh, more, I don't know. Worst guys in 2002, oh, you said. Derek Brown, he was last place three cone drill, worse since 2003. Just saying. Austin now wants to pick three offensive linemen with the first oh, three I'm, picks. Dude, I'll give you offensive linemen. <laughs> and because they ran a 4 8 Very one. athletic, baby. Very <laughs> athletic. Good three cone times. Good three cone when times. When Mitch running down the field on a scramble, man, they'll be Trist- right hey. ahead of them. <laughs> I want Tristan Wirfs, first round, ninth pick as a defensive tackle right now. <laughs> he, he, Brent, he's a former wrestler. He can get the job done. Guy ran a four eight five, three hundred and something pounds, offensive lineman. I, uh, we oh, got, when are we me. going to get it through our minds, though? Seriously, I yeah. saw all these things coming out and people just drooling all over it. And by the way, right here. We should drool over the athleticism, man. You mm. cannot take it for granted. Mm. You cannot take. You cannot take it away from them. Mm-hmm. These guys are beasts. Mm-hmm. And I think when we watch professional sports a lot, we watch high-level, even college sports a lot, we get used to seeing it, and we don't appreciate it. Oh, we're it. so preconditioned, Brent. It's not even funny. say it all the time. I mean, how good the hands are from receivers, right? How big and strong and, and nasty and violent and tough some of those interior guys are. Heck, in baseball, how good these guys can hit, even if they're hitting 240. They're still really good hitters. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, we just don't appreciate it like that what i think the combine does allow you to do if you if you allow yourself to do it is it really showcases how far people have come in terms of athletes we have you just tremendous athletes in the last 10 years 15 years 20 years heck 40 years and i'm not saying the guys before were not mm-hmm. i'm just telling you just the simple fact that if you go back to 2000 and I don't have the data in front of me, but go back to 2000 and say there were 10 guys that ran a 4-4, which there might not have been. There are now 110 guys that run a 4-4. Dude. I mean, there are some offensive linemen that come close to it. Brent, 
And, and I'm going to say his name again because I can't get enough of it. All right, like this is officially like the dude I'm watching now. Okay, and he's an offensive lineman. Shame on me, right? Offensive lineman, and now I'm all, I'm all about him, man. It's the most boringest spot in all of NFL. But dude, Tristan Wirfs of Iowa. Check out this 6'5", 320. Okay, you're, you're your standard, prototypical offensive lineman, offensive tackle. Runs a 4.85, which is faster than me at the combine. <clears throat> Runs a 4.85, a 36.5 vertical jump, 4.68 shuttle, and a 121-inch broad jump. Which I'm not sure what that equates to feet. I'm sure it's super long. Dude, like, you can't – and if you watch the video of him competing, dude – he does not look like an offensive lineman. He, he he looks like a like a hybrid outside linebacker, like the way he runs and everything. And it goes to show you just how much of a – and listen, once again, right? right. I, I, I'm not going to second-guess myself here and say, well, these are just numbers, these are numbers. Yeah, they're just numbers, but guess what? It shows this guy is super athletic. And if this guy can run a 4.85, imagine this dude coming on a pole block. Imagine this guy in the screen game, okay? So some of those things can translate. And the fact this guy was an all-state wrestler out of Iowa in high school. You ever been to Iowa, Brent? Uh, no. Dude, they have kids in diapers at the age of, like, two wrestling, okay? And this kid was an all-state um, a champion, if you will, in Iowa for wrestling. So he's got great hips, and I think I want to see him play defensive tackle. That's all I'm going to say. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. But obviously, the, the, the guy's a freak of nature. Though. Here's the deal. Do I want my offensive lineman looking like that, doing that kind of stuff? Or do I want him eating Twinkies <laughs> and just a nasty... Eugene Monroe, you saw him back gun. in 2012, trying to get the cover muscle and fit. You remember? He, he came in weighing like 285, yes. 290. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he looked like a tight end. Yeah, man. Or do I want my, my offensive lineman with hair all over the place, drooling, sloppy, Brent, see, just going to Brent, be nasty? You can have... Have it both ways, man. You, you can have Juwan Taylor, right? Who's he's got that little bit of a of a chip on his shoulder, plays nasty, right? Right tackle, but also has some swag to him, man. Like back in my day, no offense to all the offensive linemen out there, but you didn't see a lot of swag with offensive linemen. Oh, dude, I saw Juwan Taylor rocking these Spike Louis baton shoes. I think he was rocking a Gator skin this and Gator skin that. Like Juwan Taylor's got some style on him. So Brent, you can have it both ways. You don't need these old eating glass, you know, and chewing and spitting everywhere. No, man, you can have it both ways now. Treat your yourself, Brett okay. Marno. Come on. What are we talking about? Well, hopefully we'll be able to see that. Uh, do you think they go offensive line? Not After the fir- watching that? Not in the first two. No. I mean, but these guys are going to be rated high. I know. And so if you go BPA, best yeah. player available. Best player available. Oh, you know how I feel about that, though. I know. Yeah. Oh, you talk, um, we talked about it last week at the combine. I mean, it, their offensive line, they like more than other people like. But if yeah. there's a guy there at nine and say Simmons is off the board and Brown's out, speaking of a guy that went crazy in the in the measurable Simmons, yeah. we'll talk about him a little bit later. But uh, Derek Brown, those guys are off Akuda off the board. Mm. But where does that land the Jags? Is it, does it, do you go get one of the best offensive linemen or do you go get Kinlaw or someone like that. Again, I don't believe they're going offensive line because I think they're going more need-based here in, in 2020 with a need to win. Sure. And they're still going to get a good player regardless of position they they pick, uh, as long as they pick the right one. So I doubt it. But if some of those guys are off the board, it would lend to picking well, maybe an offensive lineman with a lot of value. And I'll be honest, man, what an absolute convenience for the Jacksonville Jaguars that Yannick Ngakwe not wanting to play on the team because did you watch the edge rushers at the combine? Uh, hey, not good. <laughs> I mean, set aside from Chase Young, obviously, um, in terms of depth, if you, if you really buy into that whole thing, not a lot of depth there at, uh, at edge rusher. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if, that, obviously, that helps a guy like Yannick. Does it help his trade value for the Jaguars in Yannick? Yeah. Those are questions that certainly uh, are on the table where it sits right now.
you know, remember the Jags had the 20th pick. Uh, the kid from Iowa did not have a, a great run. No. So does that run a five flat? Once again, yeah, you know, like it's the 40 yard dash. I get it, man. Um, but even his 10 yard split wasn't really up to snuff. They were saying, I'm not dropping. I'm going to do, we're going to do this exercise yep. as we get closer to the draft. We're going to look at people oh, before and after the combine. <laughs> and, uh, tell you, I'm going against everything that I believe in last week. It's unbelievable how many mock drafts <laughs> and mock boards will change after the combine, even though there was not one football used yeah. outside of a quarterback and a receiver. Yeah. <laughs> Brent, <laughs> Brent tried to bring up Brown from, uh, from Auburn. I'm like, who's that? Never heard of the guy. <laughs> I, 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 he's not on the big board anymore. I don't know who that is, man. I've never right. heard of him. All right. got to get to what I teased. And, yeah, uh, yeah. This is, here's the deal. How do the Jags – what do the Jags do now? We did it from Yannick's situation. I, he played his card, and it was smart play, mm-hmm. really smart play. So now what? So the Jags are going to tag him. Absolutely. Uh, they're going to call that bluff and tag him. And then that gives him a chance to – Negotiate a trade, negotiate a deal. I don't think they're negotiating a deal. I really don't. If so, here I, I started to say this earlier. It's like if I have my ego hat on in these negotiations, which both sides always do, mm-hmm. and, and sooner or later you got to drop that thing if you want something to get done. But both sides do. The ego play or the smart play, whatever was Yannick coming out on Twitter issuing his PSA saying, "I'm not playing for the Jacks. Uh, I'm better than this organization." I'm better than the way they've treated me, and I can get money elsewhere, and people want me. All right. If I'm the ego play of Shotgun, this is kind of me thinking today. Well, I'm digging in, too. And I'm like, well, we're tagging you. So this is where you make your stand right here. This, yeah, we're tagging you. Mm-hmm. So you can play for 19.3, or you can continue to have that $3 million in the bank that you've now had for going on a fifth year, yeah. even though you've played four years of football. And outperformed it. And sooner or later, I think he'll play to some degree on that tag. I think he will. I think he'll play that accrued year. Who knows? He could dig in on that, too. Uh, That will be a conversation probably for a different day. But let's just say, well, you know what? Next year, I use the damn franchise tag again. And, And essentially what I've done is say, all right. We just signed Yannick to two-year, $45 million deal. None of it was guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And if I had signed him last year, at the end of last year for five years, 100, I was giving him $40 million anyway or close to 50 whatever it was. So as the organization, I have to wrestle with the idea, okay, can I afford to do this because it's a big number against my cap? Will he play on it? But as of now, unless the CBA changes – his, which is possible, too. Very well possible. I would maybe go from the standpoint of, I'm tagging and tagging. So you, you're going to you know, tag also, him for two way, years. If you tag, and t- again, this is me playing the ego. I'm not saying this is the right thing to do. No, for but sure. But I'm just saying, if I want to dig in, yeah. and I'm saying, this is my ship. Mm-hmm. I'm running it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and i got to draw the line somewhere. So, all right, we'll tag you, get you for $19 million. Still pretty good value based on... Everybody else, Frank Clark, Demarcus Lawrence, all those other guys. Um, and next year, I'll probably pay a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But I get, hopefully, in my mind, I get hopefully Yannick Ngakwe for a couple of seasons. And, well, that's how contracts are built anyway, sometimes. Mm. And I didn't have to guarantee anything. And yeah. I get to take it year by year. And, by the way, all along, I can also potentially get value in a trade if he's under the tag. Yeah. So 
again, I, I'm not saying this is the right thing to do. This I'm is, just saying this if is you, Shad Khan's perspective. That's what you're saying. Well, I'm or, just saying if I want to dig in and say, I'm firm here. Sure. Well, I got the power to do that. Of course, you're the I owner. Have the you, you have the money, man. I have, yeah. the, I have the money. I have the, of the CBA, at least as it currently stands, in my favor to be able to do that and use that power play. What? Here's the thing that you're underestimating, though, Brent. And you said that you you want to finally get control of the ship and right the ship. And if you franchise tag Yannick Ngakwe for two straight years, I'm going to tell you to watch out for that iceberg coming up because you're about to hit it. Because if you do indeed tag Yannick Ngakwe for two years, a couple things happen. Number one, obviously this makes Yannick Ngakwe very upset. This is the last thing that he wants to do. And this make Yannick, this will make Yannick Ngakwe's camp very upset. And for my part, I've praised how Yannick Ngakwe has handled his business for the most part in terms of wanting a new deal, right? The guy didn't show up in a Brinks truck. The guy's been pretty quiet. Yes, he's got the cryptic tweets here and there, but I think all things considered of the modern era NFL player, Yannick Ngakwe has gone about his business and done a great job doing it, okay? In my opinion, if you take him twice, that goes out the window, and, and now the gloves are off. And now it's going to be a Twitter war. It's going to be in the media. It's going to be in interviews. He's going to maybe come on our show and bend his frustrations like everything's up for grabs because he's that upset. And when he does that, the optics of the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to look horrible once again. What's worse, that or not lo- or losing a fourth guy that you drafted that you couldn't keep? Well, here's the thing. Brent. And get nothing for him. No, I hear oh, you. I'm not. sorry, nothing for him, but no, no production, no production on him. this year or next year. If I'm Shad Khan right now, I'm worried about a couple things. I'm worried about how the outside world perceives my team, as you should be, right? Because let's be honest, there hasn't been much positive for the Jacksonville Jaguars the past year and a half. Sure, you got Gardner Minshew winning the, Snick- the Snickers' hungriest player of the year. Fantastic. Celebrate. Let's sell, you know, throw a parade or whatever. But for the most part, man, if you're Shad Khan, your team has been drugged through the ringer time and time again for all the wrong reasons, okay? So the optics right now of the Jacksonville Jaguars are some of the worst in the NFL, if not mm-hmm. the worst in the NFL. Absolutely. So if I'm Shad Khan, I'm worried about that. If I'm Shad Khan, I'm also worried about other players trying to get players for free agency, okay? Because it's already bad enough we got two games in London, okay? That doesn't help things in my opinion. Now, Allen Robinson has been on the show and says that he doesn't think it's that big a deal. I think from a tax standpoint, I think from a travel standpoint, and I think from an inconvenience standpoint, I think trying to attract free agents to Jacksonville when you have two home games in London is a big deal. Once again, just my opinion. So you have that going against you. And then on top of that, now you want to franchise take Yannick Ngakwe two years in a row. How do you think other players are going to perceive that? Because once again, players talk. Okay, the whole reason we're in this situation in the first place because I guarantee Yannick Ngakwe talked to Frank Clark and Demarcus Lawrence. They got paid. Yannick Ngakwe didn't. He feels like he's you know undervalued now. He feels like he's the odd man out, and he's upset about that. So players talk. The optics not only from the national you know from the national media, the optics from the fans, but the optics from the players that you want to try to attract here in a free agent deal are going to be off the wall bad now because you franchise take a guy two years in a row. There is no way, in my opinion, you can do that. By the way, uh, so let me add to it okay and the reason sure. we got it i think we just got to put it in context while we're here in case people are jumping in on it we basically have been talking about how ego and, and bravado and all that comes into negotiations whether mm-hmm. it's in your workplace or in the nfl or we're talking about a hundred dollars uh, a little uh side wager with a buddy or millions of dollars and it gets worse by the way with the millions of dollars as you might imagine <laughs> but i'm thinking it we already did yannick's side we're thinking it from the jag side and I feel like if I'm if I'm shod, I, I'm speaking from shod. It's not Caldwell and Marone and them. It's shod. 
So yeah. I feel like I, I, right now, yeah. right now, and this, and I feel like I see this today, and he said, so he tried to back me in a corner. Sure. He tried to back me, the owner, in a corner. Mm-hmm. But what happens when somebody, if we're negotiating, and I try to back you in a corner, you bow up. Oh, without a doubt, man. I always That's bow up on you. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. And Absolutely. So, That's human so, instinct. So this is, will Shad Khan bow up? Sure. And say, well, we're tagging you, first of all. And, and by the way, if that's the react, that's, that's going to be the reaction is we're going to tag, tag you and call the bluff and we'll plan accordingly and we'll, we'll take that risk. Mm. But my point is you could also, you still will have, and depending on if he plays and how this plays out and if you're able to get trade bait and, and enough in return to feel comfortable, because do keep in mind, Shotcon, I think, tried to bow up to Jalen Ramsey. Sure. And at the end of the day, they were like, Two first rounds and a fourth. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did do that. So, yeah. so you can be, you can get, you can get relaxed in a hurry <laughs> after getting bowed up. But, and, and some sense, sensible, because that ended up being a sensible trade. That's not the right way to do it. Love to have Jalen Ramsey as a player, but it ended up being a sensible trade for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Depending what, well, depending what you get from him. I mean, that's going to be oh, the thing, too. Brent. Yeah. 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 Uh, at least at face value. Uh, we'll see how it ends we'll up. See how it ends up. And I know what people are saying. Well, well this track record. Uh, but, <laughs> The other thing I might consider doing is because I kind of know I'm going to call his bluff. And now you got to be willing to do it. I don't know where their dollars are, mm. but I, would you call the bluff and say, "Hey, we want to call you. We want to five years, 105 million, 106 million, making more than the yeah, other guys." Yeah. And even though we're in a different year, maybe that. But it's not a big free agent class, so is that going to drive? No, I mean, up? probably not. You have Clowney, Vic Beasley, a couple other guys here or there, but nothing. I mean, Clowney, Clowney's Clowney the big. is going to try Clowney to reset. Twenty five million, and he had three and a half sacks well, last year. Well, that's what he said. Okay, well, he's going to reset the. Regardless, he's going to reset the the market. Most likely resets. Yeah. So with, before, with three and a half sacks last year, before he resets, yeah. I would potentially consider saying, all right, five years, one hundred six million, one hundred eight mm-hmm. million, whatever it is. Go over the twenty-one million a year, mm-hmm. and then if that's turned down, I put that out there. And I don't know if the Chad uh, and the Jags in general care what the public opinion is, but if they were to put out that they offered that amount of money, which let's be perfectly clear, they have not. Mm-hmm. But if they were to put out that they offered that kind of money, well, it would turn on a dime against Sean. Nobody, no fan is saying you turned down five years, one hundred six, seven, eight million dollars. They're not coming with Jan on that. They're yeah. not. They just won't. Yeah, uh, they don't do it. So I would kind. Of, that's how I would play it if I was. I'd call the bluff on that, saying he's probably going to turn it down because he already just said he's not going to play for us. And so then I go to my franchise tag, and then I prob. I would consider going to a second franchise tag, and it, it actually saves me money in the long run if you're willing to be able to take the hit and the risk that goes along with it. And there is risk that goes along with it because you might not have that player, and you better make up some backup plans just in case you don't See, have that player. I guess here's my issue with it. And from Shad Khan's perspective, Brent, it's not a bad power play, right? Because let's be honest, you haven't necessarily been pushed around, but people are starting to question whether, you know, you're built for the job. All right. So by doing this, this is the ultimate power play for Shad Khan. But here's my issue with it. Okay. And here's my issue with the entire organization right now where we sit. We talk about all the time about communication, right? Being on the same page. It was a nightmare last year, and that's something we, we preached for a long time on the show is you have to have communication in that front office. Here's the issue, though, Brent. Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell are playing for this season, this season alone. Now, yeah, maybe you make some moves here or there to try to help the future, but you're essentially playing on a one-year deal, okay? And the stakes have never been higher. Shad Khan is not playing by that rule. Shad Khan is playing the long game here. 
Okay, so if you're Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell, yes, Shad Khan's calling the shots. But at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you can do what you do in your due diligence. If you're Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone, to be like, you know what, man, if Yan doesn't want to be here, then let's get something for him because we we're fighting for our jobs. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get it. There, there's an ego play for the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But if I'm Doug Marone, if I'm Dave Caldwell, I don't care, man. I gotta win this year. Enough said. End of story. If I, I don't win this year, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not putting food on the table next year. I have to go someplace else. So from that perspective, man, I, I get the ego standpoint of Shad Khan. But the problem is here is that you got two guys and Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone who are playing for this year, and then you have the Eagles standpoint of Shad Khan who's playing the long game, man. And you have to ask yourself, can those three things coexist with each other? I'm not sure. I don't well, have the answer for it's you. It's what I said going into the last break. Communication becomes important. And I can tell you this. First of all, I'm the owner. I can do whatever the hell I want to do. Correct. So, uh, But you're I, also the owner that chose to keep Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. Keep right. that in mind. You're right. Uh yeah, uh, so I don't care about the. I'm saying I don't care about the feedback from them. They're lucky to have jobs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. That's sure. how it's being viewed. Sure. So, uh, but it it it'll be very interesting to see if the. I, 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 that's way ahead of ourselves to say the Jaguars would use a second franchise tag. It's very unusual. Yeah. Doesn't. But even again. but even one tag though. For I mean, really, Brent. Because if Yannick Ngakwe gets tagged and doesn't play this season, obviously that hurts Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone. Because yeah. now the, the, that hurts your chances hurts of winning this year. It hurts your team, exactly. And it hurts your chances of winning this year. And obviously that's not what Doug Marone and Dan Caldwell want. So I'm just saying from the perspective, once again, you have two guys playing the short game and one guy playing the long game possibly. I'm not sure that's going to be a formula for a successful environment or a, a successful season. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting mix. But in a way, Jan did the Jags a favor. Now I think they've told them that. I think that communication has been happening they've known what their feeling is how serious do they did they think Jan was well this appears pretty serious i think they met over the week at the combine sure and so well, not Jan, but representation and so i would say you know it's pretty crystal clear where everybody stands mm-hmm. right now and so from that standpoint did him a little bit of a favor to say whether it's free agency whether it is the draft with that 20th pick with the ninth pick whatever i know it's a light cloud doesn't matter it doesn't mean you can't find a pass rusher and go get some. You need bodies at the very least. But you can make your plans for the football team regardless. What you have to be willing to do is eat that 19 and and say, all right, we're going to call his bluff here because we want him to play. We want him to play on that 19. We hope he plays on the 19. But if he doesn't, what does that mean for our football team? I think they'll get some relief with their cap along the way of the season. That doesn't matter right now because you're trying to negotiate other things happening right now. All right. You well, brought, well, okay, go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was going to ask you a quick question then. So... Let's say that Yannick Ngakwe probably doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. And let's say an offer comes around. Once again, let's say you're Shad Khan, okay? And let's say you want to flex your chest a little bit. You want to flex your muscles and be like, no, no, no. This isn't happening anymore. This is my team. This is my ship. And we do things my way. But say all of a sudden that Jalen Ramsey deal comes back around again. And you get an offer that you cannot refuse. What is that offer for Yannick Ngakwe? Oh, uh... The offer that you can't refuse from Yannick, for Yannick Ngakwe at this moment mm-hmm. is anything that has a first-round pick in it. Okay. Uh, you're not getting a first. He's a first-round pick value, but sure. given the not, given the leverage for other organizations, and especially you still have to pay him eventually. Well, you have to pay him, yeah. and, and so and by the way, I don't know how orga- this has been a tough negotiation for the Jags. Mm-hmm. If, if you think everybody thinks like. 
Jan's camp and not the Jags camp, well, then you're mistaken. Now, there are some teams that say, hey, we'll get it done. We'll pay anything. Indianapolis, maybe. The Jets, they got all this money. But there are other teams that also might want to be a little bit of frugal or evaluate players and cap them off and all that stuff in terms of where they would pay. Yeah. And so you're not talking talking about every team. Sure, would every team like Yannick Ngakwe? Absolutely. But are they willing to extend him? Do they have the capability to extend him? Do they have the needs to extend him? Well, your pool shrinks. I'm not saying he can't find a home. Absolutely can find a home. But you have to now take that pool that shrunk because of the dollars and the value that they put on a player and the wants of Ngakwe or his camp, and then also have that same pool of people, one of them, mm-hmm. one of those teams be willing to give up the draft capital for it. And therefore, you see it's going to be a very small chance that the Jaguars are going to get what they want so they're, are they going to give in yeah. on a trade, on the value? Uh, I would be surprised at this moment if they give in. I don't see him giving in. W- one more scenario, I'll let you ask your question. Would you trade Yannick Ngakwe right now straight up for Darius Slay? From, from the Detroit Lions corner. Out of, he's from Brunswick, Georgia. Would you trade him straight up for Darius Slay? Hmm. Good call. Can I think about that? Absolutely. Slay's, uh, <laughs> yep, and keep in mind, Slay is expected to be a free agent in 2021. Yeah, and keep in mind, he wants a new deal, too. Correct. So are you just kidding? <laughs> hey, I I'm just saying, man. On your hands? I'm just throwing it out there. I'd just say you need some problem. There. I'm just saying from the Jack's no, perspective, I, I that's know, a problem. I know. I'm just saying from the terms of getting something for him right now. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, we were not done with Yannick. We're going to break from it for a moment. But coming up, okay, I want to – a couple things. You brought up Shad Khan. Mm-hmm. How careful does he have to be here to say, listen, I am not giving in to all that. I, I just gave in to – I brought up the Ramsey thing, the Ngakwe thing. I'm not doing this. He have to be a little bit cautious of that from a business standpoint, from the way he runs his organization standpoint. Does he have to be a little careful to make it look like, hey, anybody who comes to Jacksonville can also write their way out of Jacksonville whenever they want? Sure. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, your scenario with Slay. And can you imagine if the Jags still had Ramsey and had to work with a contract for him? <laughs> Oh boy, how ugly would that have been? Oh, we the could have been great. Can you imagine the role playing with me playing Jalen Ramsey and John Bachman playing Ramsey's agent? Oh, that would have been fantastic. Audio gold, John. <laughs> what the heck else is going on in the world of sports? We'll tell you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 next. I didn't need to see the 40 to, to know that. I, I thought that all along about him. I, he's the one guy I had picked out and said, I cannot wait to see his skill level in the NFL of today where you need guys that can morph into different positions, and he can do it at an incredible size. So I always thought he was going to be I, – I, the value of that edge rusher wasn't going to chase Chase Young. Gets how I did that. Wasn't going to chase Smart. Chase Young out of being the first defender You're pick. good. He's going to be that first one pick, but I always thought that Simmons would be next. You look at before the draft, Todd McShay had him going four to the Giants. Uh, Mel had him going nine to Jacksonville. When he took off, I think ten yards in, I was like – Oh, my God. He's moving. Because he was eating up yards with his stride. It was unbelievable. That's uh, Mike Golick on Golick and Wingo this morning on ESPN 690 talking about Isaiah Simmons. And Golick, stop. You sound like Austin Lane. (laughs) You got so excited about it. Oh, my God. After the first 10 yards of Simmons running. Yeah. But what, what have I said about Simmons, though, man? All right, you have to pick him with a plan in mind. Don't just draft an athlete with freakish abilities and say, yeah, we'll see how it pans out. No, man, you have to have a plan with Isaiah Simmons. 
I like Simmons. I, I like mm-hmm. uh, who doesn't, right? But I like. Well, I mean, you have the guy at a 39 inch vertical and, a, and an 11 foot broad jump. So, yeah, I've gone, to like. I've gone back and forth. And here's what I'll tell you my thinking a little bit. Uh, but <laughs> the, the thinking for me on Isaiah Simmons is about a month and a half ago, mm-hmm. I would have said, I want him. Because mm-hmm. the Jaguars are hurting at linebacker. And they've struggled at linebacker. And in this defense, you have to be really good at linebacker, I think. Yeah. Any defense, you have to be good at linebacker. <laughs> yeah, that helps. But I, so I like the idea. I was like, oh, okay, I could see Miles Jack and Simmons. That's, that, I mean, you don't get any more athletic than that. Yeah. Now you got to use them the right way and they got to play well and all that stuff. But, but then even actually coming off the combine last week, when they said they might move Miles Jack, or, or they didn't say that. I don't want to put words in their mouth. They did not commit to him at the middle linebacker. Sure. And so, therefore, it's open to maybe move Miles Jack to the outside. Well, then I was kind of thinking Simmons would be my guy on the outside in a 4-3 defense. Mm-hmm. So, now, like, wait a minute. Are you just confusing things? Does this make a lot of sense? You're going to put Miles back. You need a middle linebacker anyway. Is it not working? So, that's where I'm at. And then I see it, all the measurables and the freakish athlete and the comps uh, to some really great linebackers over the years. Uh, what struck me about Simmons, was he was so long, man. Mm-hmm. I just see a linebacker. You know, linebackers are like... Jack, you know, linebackers, he's long. Yeah. And, which, uh, which kind of shows that he's probably got room to put some muscle on He as probably well. does. And I see Telvin Smith is long. Do you not agree with that? Well, he is, but he's not your not typical linebacker. Yeah. He's more like a safety. You yeah, know, he's yeah. like 218 pounds. Yeah. And, and also, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I don't measure people's arms, but uh, <laughs> Miles Jack, I think. <laughs> Let me get a ruler. <laughs> I think, I think, Can you record that one? <laughs> I think Miles Jack has a lot of light to him in, in his arms as well. Yeah, uh, but he's a freaky kind of athlete, you know. Yes. So here's what. So now I'm kind of back on the train. Like, well, what if you did sw- switch your defense around and go three four, and now you got? Oh, you might not have Yannick Ngakwe, but so, I'd say you don't have him. But that's just me. Great call on Miles Jack here, because if you want to compare arm length from Isaiah Simmons to Miles Jack, Isaiah Simmons' arms thirty three and three eighths, Miles Jack thirty three and five eighths. So yeah. Miles Jack has longer More. arms than Isaiah yeah. Simmons, which is mm. crazy because Miles Jack's only like what six one. Yeah, yeah, I think he's like six one and two forty like something. Yeah. He's six three, six four yeah. and two thirty eight with yeah. Simmons, I think Interesting. it was. So hmm. it just man, when like, you, like it, we're talking so, like a man. Well, but, but here's <laughs> the deal. When you this is what I always said about Jalen Ramsey. You knew Ramsey was different and good and all this stuff because you looked at him. Correct. And you saw if you this is gonna sound bad, but if you ever saw if you saw Ramsey with his shirt off. Get that button ready, kid. Here we go. Here we Ra- go. Uh, Ramsey hotkey. <laughs> this is totally different than in pads. Now pads are different, but again, yeah. you get the full appreciation for the athletic yeah. nature of Jalen Ramsey. Did he block you on Twitter again? Is that what this is no, right now? No. Okay, okay, okay. I'm so, just being honest, okay, okay. Man. I got you. I, I got, got you. no will. I just no, say no. It listen, is. no, yeah. I understand. But his freaking torso and his body just goes out. Mm-hmm. You know, as he gets as he gets toward his shoulders. Mm. And then on top of that, his length is ridiculous. Absolutely. Just ridiculous. And yeah. obviously that's a trait of, of why he's so good, right? But he's but people never always sleep on the fact that he's so physical mm-hmm. as a as a corner. Yeah. And he is. Um and so when you saw when you see that that looks different at the corner spot. Yep. Right? I agree with that. Well, Miles is similar to that sense where he's so freaky when more when you're just watching him run around the practice or in a game. And Simmons kind of reminds me, when you see a guy that looks so different Mm -hmm. at that position than a lot of guys do, I guess it could be dangerous. But at the same time, I'm like intrigued. I'm like, wow, man, that those guys don't grow on 
trees. I mean, you go get a guy like that, and it's special. And so that's why Simmons is back in my mind again now. I'm like, oh, man, just go get good football players. Put them mm-hmm. somewhere. Go get good football players. Yeah. And he does. That's what I said about Derwin James last year. And Derwin James could play all over the place. And he was impactful. I'm sorry, two years ago. And he's impactful. Yeah. And he's a really good football player. And I'm starting to think that way with Simmons again. I comped him to Derwin James months ago. I'm sure other people have. But um, to me, he's like that. He's like, I know he's a good football player. I'll figure out exactly how to use him and where to play him. And I agree with you. you got to have a plan. Yeah. But I want yeah, good football players. I want different football players. And and I think he might he be that different. guy. Yeah, uh, Lance Zerline, um, NFL analyst at the Combine, compared him to Darius Leonard out of uh, Indianapolis. Yeah, which, which is interesting because – not that I've he's, seen Darius Leonard with his shirt off, but, but he's more the prototypical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't look like freaky athlete to me. He's freaky uh, production. He's no, been for awesome. sure. He's in the right spot at the right time, kind of like a Luke Kuechly. The uh, other thing, you yeah. know, when we were di- when we were diagnosing our player yeah. on Friday, right? Yeah. We were at Monster Jam. Yep. By the way, how was Monster Jam? Fantastic, man. Good. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> but so we were diagnosing. Play- we said, hey, our player would look like this. Yeah. Well, one of my traits to that player was instincts mm-hmm. iq smart if you read up on simmons and if you trust what you read which i don't know if we should but that's one of the best traits of simmons his instincts to go along with that freaky nature and you're yeah. also getting an extra step potentially on uh on instincts i like that i like yeah. that in my football I player you. i hear you i mean listen and People are going to say one thing and some things say another, but all I, all I know about Simmons is this. He's a freak of nature, right? And he is an outlier wherever you put him. But once again, I'm just going to drive this point home. I love Simmons, dude. Watch him run. The guy runs like a gazelle. How can you not want him on your football team? I'm just going to say, though, you have to have a plan in place, Brent, especially if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, because the last thing you want to do is bring a guy into training camp, not know where he's going to go, and just be like, ah, oh, let's see how it pans out. No, I want to have a plan in place for Simmons. What would your plan be? Outside linebacker. Hands down. In a 3-4. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, I, mean think you you know where I, I think you know where I'm saying. Yeah, so well, would you keep Miles? If the Jag, would you be interested in drafting him and keep Miles in the middle mm-hmm. and, and have him on the outside? Are you talking about if we're doing a 3-4? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm saying a 4-3. Say you're in this defense. Sure. Oh, okay. Scheme. Yeah. Uh, and you have Miles. Yes. And you're like, you already have said, you know, and, and so yeah, many yeah, others. But to Miles, Miles is better outside. on the outside. Correct. But you bring in Simmons. Are you okay with Miles on well, you, well, you're going to have to be, because the last thing I'm going to do is put Simmons in the middle. So either you find another middle linebacker or you're in free agency or whatever it is, put him there, put Miles maybe at strong side. And I know that probably wasn't his you know, his favorite spot to play. Put Miles at strong side, put this dude Simmons at weak side, and then whoever your middle linebacker Man, is. If you can find somebody in the middle who is even halfway as good as, say, Puzz, that would be know. a dangerous, dangerous middle <laughs> now, line right there. Then, now we're talking about, well, that's probably your weakness last year is now, now your strength. strength. Yeah. Well, and but that's, that's what a lot Simmons of ifs, does. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. Simmons can flip that in a hurry, right? Yeah, if he you can, put the other guys around, and that's to his point. I mean, you can't. It's it's great if you could get somebody in the middle who's good at playing middle. If the argument is that Miles Jack is not very good in the middle, which it sounds like that's kind of the argument. Well, I'm not the expert yeah, here. Yeah, and let's but, be careful with that too, because I know you're just saying. Yeah. But it's, I believe still. I'm not saying Miles isn't good in the middle. I think they've said Miles could be good at all three positions. Uh Mm -hmm. I think Miles had a trust issue last year with the people around him. I really do. And I don't I'm just I'm defending Miles here on this front. I don't think he played well. I think he had a bad year. But I also think part of that was when you don't trust the guys around you, then you can't trust all your other stuff going on. He had a lot to worry about last year. Maybe he shouldn't have worried about it. Maybe just do your job. 
But I, I've got a feeling that he had too many guys, Quincy Williams, other guys like that rotating in and out, that he couldn't trust much at that spot. Listen, man, I'm just going to keep on saying the same question until someone can answer it. Name me another team in the NFL whose middle linebacker is the most athletic guy on the team. No, you're not wrong, but then you're. are you willing to take That's Simmons? That's a reason, though. Huh? Are you willing to take Simmons and keep one of your most athletic guys in the middle? No, like I said, I'd probably try to move Miles Jack to strong side. I'd move right. Simmons to weak side, and hopefully you find some guy in free agency to play that middle linebacker but spot. Strong side's only playing 30% of the time, man. You just paid a guy $56 million. Well, he's well playing then go, 35% go ahead of the and time. put Simmons at safety. You, you, everyone's talking about his versatility and everything. Then move him back to some well, other spot. Or, and or, do you, or do you pick him then? That's kind of the argument, right? Well, what, yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. what I'm asking. I mean, yeah. would you have a plan for him, or do you just like, we don't need this guy? We just signed a guy that's like this guy. For yeah. fifty-six million dollars, and he's going right. in a year two of that deal. Well, if you want to talk about a guy with versatility, Brent, and you want to talk about a guy you can do a lot of things with, ideally, then you're talking about a three-four defense where you have Miles Jack and Simmons put on a couple more pounds in the middle. And can you imagine what you can do with them? Because they're pretty much interchangeable in the middle, right? Well, well, then ideally you'd have Yannick Ngakwe on the outside, which you probably won't have anymore. But then you have Josh Allen on the outside. You can do a lot of crazy things with that man. Yeah, yeah. it'd be, it'd be a, a pretty cool thing to see. I, I was going to say. I mean, you do think about it. Allen, Josh Allen, mm-hmm. Simmons, and Jack, the athleticism well, that, and the versatility, like you said, again, if in you terms know what of to blitzing, do. And, I mean, and we assume Simmons can, is great in coverage because the guy's played safety before, so he understands coverages pretty well. Dude, you can do a lot of things. So then it's the age-old question. Do you do you draft the player and make the system fit for the player, or do you draft a, a player <laughs> oh, that fits the system? <laughs> and the answer is, Mr. Lane? Well, no, listen. I've, I've been very adamant about this since the Jaguars brought in Josh Allen last year. All right? Yeah. When Josh Allen got drafted, Brent Martin and myself sat on the Jaguars field, and I said, if you want to be a legendary coach in the NFL, you have to adapt around the players. You don't make the players adapt around you. And I think this last year, we're on the defense that they, that they ran. And I, I get it. Yannick Ngakwe sat out a little ah. bit. So, 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 supposedly, there was a 3-4 defense. I on hate the, that excuse. Whatever it is. He missed 11 days. Yeah, he missed if 11 days. He the chance to a, put other defenses yeah. in. Yeah, that seems, uh, that seems questionable to me if you're talking about NFL football players. But, but uh, I'm just saying, if you want to make a mark in this league and you want to be a special coach, then you adapt it on your players. So I think you know where I stand. Yeah. Uh, I think if you go after Simmons... You look at Simmons as an absolute freak athlete, which you should, and then you need to adapt around Simmons. So then, as we were talking last week, as I recall, you know, there's no doubt Josh Allen's special oh, and without a doubt. worthy of, of adjusting your defense around. So yeah. if you believe that, then is Simmons the right pick because you are getting another piece that sort of supports that shift in so, paradigm? Yeah. Absolutely. Because to me, listen, I was at him about last year. I think when Josh Allen came in, I said he was a special guy. You run a 3-4 defense because you have to have him and Ngakwe on the field at the same time. But uh, we're not going to have Ngakwe, so does that well, change well, things? Well, no, I mean, now things are switched up a little bit, obviously. Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we'll see with Ngakwe. We're yeah. not positive yeah. yet. And that's a hard thing to try to comprehend. Right. But I'm just saying from last season, John, where, yeah, Josh Allen had a fantastic season. Freaking nature, I get it. Only going to be better going forward. But he didn't. I mean, if you looked at the reps that he got per game, it wasn't high enough, in my opinion, right. for a first round pick. So right. I was adamant about putting both Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe on the field at the same time, and they didn't do that. Yeah. So what you're saying is, with or without Yannick, yeah. we should be looking at doing what you're talking about, doing a three-four and and running it around well, these these skill players. Now listen, I mean, I'm from the the, the philosophy if you run a 3-4 defense, you have to have two legit bookends. If mm-hmm. you if you lose Yannick Ngakwe, one's going to argue who's the other bookend on the other side. And I don't know who that's going to be right now. So, it's hard for me to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, 3-4 defense right now because if Ngakwe is on the fence, man, 
I have a hard time making that adjustment because I see what I have as, as personnel. Yeah, yeah very interesting. interesting guy. So hey. no brainer with him around, but oh no, it becomes a more difficult situation when you got a roll uh, to TV I here do, in a minute. Yeah. But uh, by I the do. way, congratulations, uh, yeah, Anna Bartram Trail State Champions Friday night. How that was cool fun, huh? That? Yeah. Fantastic. Even Alex Horton got to play. I saw. You know, I heard that. I asked somebody was, on Saturday. People were crying. That's it was cool. really, really special. And she was a young uh, lady that got in a bad car Senior accident. Senior who had two knee surgeries, fought hard to get back this year to play, played a couple games, and then had a bar, bad car accident and was really pretty much unable to play. They put her out there. We I heard the doctors five, cleared her. Yeah. So she had a. You know, they, she didn't get. She didn't get. Tussled, you know, she wasn't yeah. gonna get in there with anybody, but she touched the ball a couple Still times. A cool moment, though. And very cool when she came in, and um, you know, the coach got her first state championship, Coach Rodriguez, and uh, yeah, it was really cool. Well, the good thing about Anna as a freshman now, she can get four state championships. She can't do that unless you win one as a freshman. <laughs> so I was—I I don't know if you guys ever had state championships uh, when you guys were playing high school sports. We talked. I think Austin and I went back and forth on this. I no, we my, stunk. I played three sports in high school. And wasn't on varsity all four years, but let's, you know, just for the sake of argument, I had basically 12 cracks at a state championship. My wife played two sports in high school. She, for the sake of arguments, had eight. So we had, we went 0 for 20. <laughs> Our daughter went one for one. Oh, man. First, first crack at a state championship. She gets it. She gets it. So now I've just told her, I said, you've just raised the bar. You know, you've got track starting here shortly, uh, this week even. So, <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, you know, now you need to get a man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Unprecedented. Yeah. So, uh, we already knew kids are better than parents. Did you ever well, say championship? There's no doubt about it. No, no. we stunk. Okay. Well, I'm with this. I, I, I tell you, I didn't win a darn thing like ever. Yeah. Until my senior year of college when we went to the World Series. Wow. And I mean, we didn't win that, but going to the World Series was like that's, winning. That's pretty cool. Sure, yeah. uh, so, um, but, but yeah, we did. I was terrible. Okay. I told you, like, I was 1-15 in, in my, like, 11- and 12-year-old years. Those were big years. Yeah. I, I will say our all-star team, 11-12, and 12, was good. Like, the one that goes to Williamsport, sure, we're sure. pretty good. We oh, lost wait. in the state championship game. Wait, do you, you went to Williamsport? No, no, we didn't. Okay, like, sorry. That, that, like, that, that's short. a story. Yeah, like, the years that you do go, okay, like, okay. we, uh, yeah. we were going to go anyway. We still would have to go through the regionals probably yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But so we were decent there. That yeah. was an all-star team. You better be halfway decent. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah middle like, school, uh, uh, high school, probably like 500. Okay. Like very little. And, and even in college, early years, pretty average. Hmm. And then finally uh, in that last year, we were, we were good. So gotcha. that's why that was – I played the least – out of all those years I just mentioned, I played the least of my career that year. That's probably why we went. Uh, and <laughs> and it's, it's my favorite year ever. Sure. Of playing. Yeah. All right, real quickly, I hate to interrupt because I do have to go. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I might the actually – The news not- will wait. That's right. We'll make them wait. Is that a slogan? That's right. This is with Action News Jackson 5 yeah. starts at 4.58, and when my chair is spinning in an empty position, <laughs> yeah. that won't be a problem at all. Real quickly, Dow's up 1,300 points today. Yeah, That's kind of nice. Right. So 401k watch, not a disaster today. See how we're looking. Uh, <laughs> coronavirus, some big developments locally. The governor yeah. announced uh, uh, that there were a couple people with confirmed cases in the state, not locally. Um, but we do know that locally in Jacksonville, there are – Single-digit amount of people that they are monitoring right now, but no confirmed cases. So small threat at this point in time. Wild story that we're working to get more information on. West side part of Jacksonville, a law enforcement car, a canine vehicle with a dog that was inside found burning. Somebody was able to save the the police dog and get it out. We don't know which agency yet. We're still working to find out, but it's now a federal investigation. So. 
stay tuned for that. That's gonna that that story has legs. We're gonna we're gonna work on getting some more information coming up here very shortly. Hopefully, we have some uh, already that All I right. just I'm not worried. I hope of, you so. have legs too because you I'm gotta have hustle. To hustle. John Bachman, see you guys. Tanika Thanks. Hughes, Good to see you, dude. Mike Borish, Action Sports Shacks on uh, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Coming up in a few minutes until 7 o'clock and then uh, from 10 p.m. until 11.30 tonight. Uh, we're going to go to the Lions right now on Yannick Ngakwe and the Jags, I believe. Patrick is hanging around on the line. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? How y'all doing today? Doing great, man. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I've been really uh, intrigued on how y'all kind of brought it, talk about Yannick and, and, and man, so him go. I've called in a couple times and was probably one of the biggest pay on supporters ever. Um, and just to see how this team has been managed, man, it's so disappointing and so hard to kind of put this team on your back and understand the game plan. However, um, now that he's kind of said he doesn't want to play, I am kind of ready to get rid of him and see what we can get for him. Um, if that makes me a bad fan, so be it. But I also wanted to bring up, uh, I've heard some rumors about the Jaguars really kind of announcing that Gardner is going to be their guy and that they are willing to kind of eyeball trades and wasn't sure how much y'all felt uh, about trades with folds. Um, and was kind of wanting to see if y'all had heard anything else. And what are you thinking maybe we could get for these guys? Uh, appreciate it a lot. And, Austin, good luck this weekend. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. Right appreciate the call. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. By the way, you're always welcome to call in, 904-362-9901. Uh, interesting viewpoint on, again, that happens with fans, right? And I think that's even changed. There are more fans that are on players' sides, Maybe yeah. now than used to be. Sure. I think they were always on the organizational side of things. And I want to get to that in the 5 o'clock hour. How much of what we've seen, at least in a small sample, but maybe on a bigger level is this happening? Because we're just paying attention to Jacksonville, where agents and players together are in the NFL trying to get it to, like, the NBA. Because the NBA, there's so much power with the players where if I want to go, I'm going to make – Force my way out. Yeah. Well, we've seen it in Jacksonville potentially now with us for a second time in terms of a player forcing. I'm not saying it happens every year. I'm not saying it happens every team. But are we seeing that movement? And is that an agent-driven type thing to say, hey, we're going to give more powers to the us, to mm-hmm. the players. We want to control this thing instead yeah. of you controlling it. And where do we end up with the NFL in five years based Versus like the NBA, where we know that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, we absolutely know that's the way it is. And recent examples surely indicate that, that it takes some star power uh, to talk about that as well. Well, to, you know, to kind of answer Patrick's questions here, number one in, involving Yannick Ngakwe, where is he a bad fan if he wants to see what kind of trade value you can get for Yann? And I don't think so at all. Because, listen, I think there's kind of a, a preconceived notion right now. Brent's sitting here talking about Yannick Ngakwe, this whole situation, and just the Jaguars' expectations of 2020. To me right now, it seems like a throwaway season, okay? Because, like, with Yannick Ngakwe, obviously, maybe sitting out and all those things, I think Jaguars fans maybe want to trade and see what they can get for him. Because Jaguars, the, the fans don't want to go into next season saying, well, just wait until a couple of years when Gardner Minshew comes around and we get a tight end. No, Jaguars fans want to win right now. 
So I think you have to ask yourself, does trading Yan away, obviously doesn't want to be here, does it help you win right now? And then getting back to the Foles speculations, yes. You know, there are rumors out of the combine right now saying that Foles' destination That's could be in Indianapolis. That's where the rumor mill baby. Of course, that, that is definitely a rumor mill. And in terms of what can you get for Foles, Man, not, I mean, let's be honest. Any team that's willing to pay him that price tag right now, I'm, I'm happy to just dump off balls regardless of, you know, the, the, the trade bait. So Indianapolis is kind of on the fence, but we'll see, man. It's the combine, a lot of speculation. A little more on Foles there. You just brought up a great point I wanted to get to and I almost forgot about. If Jan goes, if the Jags don't have Yannick Ngakwe this year, next year, whatever, is it time to think about ripping the thing up? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about A.J. Boyd. Don't worry about Clayus Campbell. Restart, reset, fix the culture, all those things. Can you do that on the roster even though you've got a couple of guys with their jobs on the line? I thought about that a little bit today. Is it crazy? Uh, we'll talk about that. Plus, I want to get back to Shad Khan. How careful does he have to be with this Yannick situation after what happened with the Jalen Ramsey situation? It's next on ESPN 690. Oh, absolutely. Still very talented because of the time off, fresh body. And when he's on the field, he's a guy that in man coverage, you go, oh, that guy's going to win consistently. You can build your pass game around A.J. Green. So I love this. I mean, I love this out of Joe Burrow. This is leadership. This is being an alpha male. This is what it looks like when you become or have the opportunity to become the CEO of a billion dollar company. You tell them, this is what I want. This is what I need. Make sure that I have it. I'm, I I love this out of Joe Burrow. Dan Arlowski. Talking about Joe Burrow. Franchise tag and A.J. Green. And we'll see how that franchise tag works out. You know, I mean, I think A.J. Green's to the point of his career. He's definitely kind of that seasoned vet, it seems like, where if he was to get tagged, you know, one could wonder if, he's, if he is going to play that out or if he is going to be the, the team guy. And I think A.J. Green, for the most part, has been nothing but a team guy in a, in a Cincinnati Bengals organization where, let's be honest, they haven't had a lot of success. They have made some playoff runs, but nothing more than that. So I'm curious to see, especially with the, with the new era of NFL player, exactly how A.J. Green takes care of his business. Does he stay old school or does he go with a new school approach and say, nah, not up in here? And speaking of, obviously, the, the, the new school approach, Yannick Ngakwe is the big news of the day. I think we got actually Sakiba on line two here that wants to talk about it a little bit. And I love having Sakiba on, man. He's definitely um, he, he's, he's one of the passionate uh, Jaguar fans that we have calling. So I'm definitely interested to hear this guy's take. Sakiba, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Not too much. Hey, um, just, just, I, I'm just kind of curious as, as you – are a former just two things. Two yeah. things. Mm-hmm. When you left Jacksonville and you went to Kansas City after you left Jacksonville, right, or Chicago? No, one of those. yeah, yeah. So um, I ended up getting cut by Jacksonville and went to Kansas City right after that. Then correct. See, like my point is, if you don't want to live in Jack, like you chose to come back to Jacksonville after we got rid of you, right? Of, after of, Jaguars of got rid of you. Yeah, man, don't get it you know, twisted. I like love Jacksonville. Here. I love Jacksonville. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So am I. My thing is, if you don't like Jacksonville, like I'm, I'm assuming he doesn't, he doesn't want to be here. Go have a nice day. But my point is, for the for us, the Jaguar fans, this has been a long time losing, and for all these times that Shotgun has been the owner, when is he going to take responsibility as the owner? Because he's only won one year since he's been the Jaguars owner. When is he going to say, you know what, this is enough, man? I'm putting this fence through this. I'm putting two games of our games in London because we are not winning. This is ridiculous. What Tom, he needs to speak. Forget our general manager. I, I want both of those clowns out of here. I don't like both of them. That's why I'm not buying season tickets. 
I am not buying season tickets to deal with those clowns that out of the until they get fired. Okay, and I'm hoping they get fired after next year. But when is when is Shaq Khan going to take responsibility as the owner of this franchise and say enough is enough? All these good players are leaving our team because of these clowns that we have running our, this franchise that I've hired. Man, this is ridiculous. Man, this is not fair for us, the fans, that we have to go through this. Man, it's not fair at all. Thanks, Akeem. Right, Thank Appreciate you very it, much, man. man. Uh, so, listen to get back to the point of. You know, do players actually want to be in the city of Jacksonville? Now, I get it, man. Everyone's personality is different, and depending on the personality, it depends on if you want to be around the city or not. Me, personally, man, I love Jacksonville. I mean, there's a reason why I set up my home base here, because I think it's a great city. I think the people are cool. It's got a little bit of everything. So I think from the standpoint of you want to compare NFL City to NFL City, I think Jacksonville is one of the best places to live. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but I truly believe that, because it's got a little bit of everything, and obviously, there's no state tax. That doesn't suck either. So, I mean, there there are a bunch of perks to living in Florida. So, and keep in mind, too, when I left Jacksonville, I mean, it was my first time getting cut, right? So I didn't know, like, is this how it's supposed to be done? I mean, I just assumed, you know, Dave Caldwell said thanks for your service, and, you know, I I was gone. And you know what? There, There was no animosity built up. There was no hard feelings. So, truth be told, I left Jacksonville on on a great note. And truth be told, they kind of did me a favor by cutting me early because then it gave me a chance to get onto another team. So I had zero animosity built up to the Jaguars organization or the front office. So when I left, I didn't have a bad taste in my mouth, which is probably why I decided to come back after it. So to prove your point, like, listen, I don't think it's the city of Jacksonville per se. I, I just think it's when, when you apply yourself to a business, whatever it is, and you spend some time there and you don't like the way things have sh- shaken out, you want to get out of that business. You want to go someplace else. It's as simple as that. So I don't think it's so much the city as it is just, you know, obviously the problems with the front office and the, the culture of the team. And then getting back to your point, what's the second point, Brent? I, I guess just like, you know, fire everybody like that. Well, this year's gonna tell you, man. And, and you know, like you're, you're pretty adamant about saying you're, you passionately said you're not gonna, you know, get your season tickets this year. More power to you, man. You have every right to do that. Um, to me, that this year is the ultimate make or break year, right? Because either the Jaguars do well, either they draft well, they get good guys in free agency, and they kind of make that turn. Uh, they kind of make that leap where guys' jobs are safe. Or let's be honest, you go six and ten again, you go five and eleven, and you don't keep a job. So it's as simple as that. So it's it's almost like the ultimate test this year to see what's going to happen with the future of the franchise. Yeah, th- listen, there's a. Uh... There's a lot that can go on here in 2020. There's a lot already going on. We knew this was going to be a dramatic situation. Yeah. We, we knew this wasn't going away quietly. What I did kind of raise earlier in the show is, can you imagine, seriously, if Jalen Ramsey was in the same situation right now? Like, is it almost a blessing that Jalen Ramsey is not here? Not for talk radio, but for the inside <laughs> of that building. Like, yeah. seriously, you can handle some of this, but if you had that much going on, might be a little much, you know. Mm-hmm. It might be too much, and uh, that would have been sloppy and messy. And or maybe they would have just had made a decision, either franchise tag or say, "Hey, we're only paying one of these guys." They probably wouldn't have been able to pay both of those guys, or probably wouldn't have been paying both of those guys anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends who you talk to about which one. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's easy to say now because Ramsey's gone. But uh, can you imagine? If you had well, that situation along with the Yannick situation yeah. right now. And when we came back from break, I'm not sure if you kind of heard the conversation a little bit, but Dan Orlowski was talking about A.J. Green. 
you know, and the Cincinnati Bengals are probably going to franchise tag AJ Green. And you, you can get that, right? Coming off an injury, right? You're not sure if you want to commit to him long term. Yeah, he's missed like but, 20, yeah. four, three out of 24 games or but, 23 out of 32 games, something like that. However, though, Brent, AJ Green's done a lot for that organization, yes. right? And he's been a guy that's been a pillar, obviously, in that locker room. I think he's done everything by the book, not a lot of problems off the field. So my question to you is we always talk about these modern era NFL players. Well, AJ Green's a little more old school, right? This guy's a little more seasoned. If you're AJ Green, you get franchise tag. I mean, do you kind of pull the new school move and say, "No, man, I'm not." I mean, I, I deserve a new contract. Well, he's not going to, at least from the quote. Now, if something changes, he, he could. But uh, I saw a quote today, and now I'm trying to figure out what it, where it was. If I could get it, uh, I'll try to find it. But bottom line, in essence, and I'm just going to paraphrase, he essentially said, "Hey, listen, I get it. They, it's a business, and they have that ability." Uh, in the business to do it. I don't like it. Um, And uh, it might be impactful going forward after this year, but I'm going to play. I mean, essentially it wasn't like, hey, I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But he he showed his displeasure with it. But I think think he essentially said, I'm not going to turn down $18 million. Gotcha. Is what he said. Sure. Uh, Which is interesting coming from a guy like A.J. Green, who's Who's made made a ton of money. (laughs) Yeah. So where will Yannick Ngakwe fall on that? Who hasn't made enough money? Does he have that much? Does he have that size kahunas? Yeah. To be able to say, I'm not playing, even though there's a $19 million lottery ticket out there. Well, I mean, he might. He might. It's it's to each their own, Brent. At the same time, Clayus Campbell made a lot of money, too. And Clayus Campbell still wants to get what he's over, right? He's He's not taking a pay cut as far as we know right now. So I guess it's just it's an example of why every player is different. Yeah. Okay. And especially when we talk about the new school guys, where I think pride is a little more um, of the essence. You know, pride is a little more of just the echelon of things that matter to a player. Well, that, that's definitely that, that new school technique. Absolutely. Uh, so I asked before a couple things I really want to get to uh, here in this this segment because we've talked a lot about Yannick Ngakwe, and what we always try to do, folks, is just talk all around it. Uh, it's really uh, we have our opinions. Um, I, I can't believe I started off the show. I can't believe it's got to this point. I really still can't. I don't see how you can get to this stage of it from. And I think both sides are at fault. I really do. Uh, from the Jags brass and and from whether it was Tom Coughlin who helped plant that seed, from Jan's representation or Jan himself or whatever along the way. And here's why I say both are at fault. And just to reiterate my thought on it is because you can't close the line of communication. Mm-hmm. And I have. I think the Jags pretty much closed the line of communication back and kind of a take-it-or-leave-it way. But how did you get to the take-it-or-leave-it way? How was it so contentious to take it or leave it? And they don't usually end up like this when we're talking about guys getting a big money and putting big money and life-changing money in their bank account. And so how we got here is puzzling to me, and I think that's a problem um, in this situation. And it's a problem that isn't being remedied. At the moment. But now I'm also to the point where we've talked both sides of this so much that really I'm getting kind of ticked off about it. Like now I just want to see it get resolved in some way, shape or form. And what's going to happen is obviously the franchise tag is going to be used. Then it will be up to Yannick Ngakwe to play. I want for like Saqib. I mean, 
They need Yannick Ngakwe around here to be good. If you're going to be the best addition of 2020, whatever that is, six wins, eight wins, ten wins, whatever, mm-hmm. you need Yannick Ngakwe. I've said it multiple times. The thing that I would love to see here in Jacksonville is something that no team in the NFL has, two 25-year-old or younger pass rushers, and they have them for three, four, five years going forward and maybe beyond. Because well, you can build off that. And right? I think that's why I'm getting kind of – Mad about it because I know that's not going to happen now. Mm. And so they missed that somewhere. Somebody missed that. Somebody messed that up. It got messed up. And the Jags had a chance to have something that nobody in the NFL has. And it doesn't look like they'll have it at least beyond 2020. Maybe they will have it in 2020 to some degree if Yannick plays under the franchise tag. Then there's this element of it that I try to play both sides. I try to say, okay, from Jan's point of view, I get it. Nice move today. Brilliant move. I really do. I think at this stage of it, since we've gotten this far, this is a good move by Yannick and his camp. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Put the squeeze on the Jags. Well, then we just had the last segment, or, or a little bit ago, was actually now, talked about Shad Khan's point of view. And I said, I said, I'd offer the guy five years, $106 million, make him a big deal. He'll probably turn it down, and then I'd franchise tag him once and probably franchise tag him again. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd say, hey, this is my team. You back me in the corner, look what I can do. So that's kind of the reset, well, at least some of our thinking and what we've talked about. That's my thinking mostly, but what we've talked about. So then I get to this point, Austin. Can Shad Khan, how does this have to play out for the Jaguars, for Shad Khan? And, or, or does he not care about this perception-wise? But the way... Jalen Ramsey went down. was ugly. It was messy for a yeah. bit. It was a good few weeks. It was, to me, it was the Jags are holding firm. They're, they're not, you know what? You ain't winning this. You could ask your ticket out of here, but you ain't winning it, Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Well, then they got a dance partner for two first-round picks and a fourth, and they said, okay, Jalen, see ya. That's but, good. But, but remember what happened to that, though, Brent. Like, Jalen Ramsey looked like the bad guy after that all went down. And he right? did. He did. Because of the, the back injury. Part. Correct. He did. And so he, he was the bad guy. The Jaguars were like, hey, do what you got to do. But here's also why he got, looks like the bad guy amongst the fans. Is because the Jags got a lot in return, at least on paper. Mm. The Jags got mm-hmm. a ton in return. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jags really did well in that deal. Again, on paper, I understand paper. they have to pick the guys. But I think that's why the fans have. Now, the fans always, when you're talking about Yannick Ngakwe's situation, they go back to Allen Robinson. They go back to Jalen. They go back to even a Dante Fowler. So they refer to it still. And while they're not in, Jalen just was such, the way he handled that, nobody believed the back injury. He, he did not handle it even close to how Jan has handled it. Jan has handled this thing million times better in terms of fans appreciating the way he's handled it, I yeah, think. you're absolutely right. But now we're talking about Yanni Cannon handling it in such a great way, Brent. But he, this guy could be getting tagged now. And you look how Jalen Ramsey handled it, the opposite of a good way, a distraction to the team, a detriment to the team. And you know what happened, Brent? Jalen Ramsey got what he wanted. Is Yannick Ngakwe going to get what he wants? We don't know right now. Here's the deal, though. Jalen Ramsey got what he wanted because the Jags got what they wanted in return. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey would not have gotten what he wanted, in my opinion, if the Jags didn't get that load in return. Mm. He would probably have played it out, and yeah. we would have been in a really weird situation in Jacksonville mm. if we're not already. We would have the highest ratings of all time. I'm not sure weird <laughs> is the right word, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but so, so my question is, okay, Jan plays this way. He's still got the fan support. What do the Jags need to feel good about giving Jan his way? Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, 
But my point of the conversation is how aware does Shad Khan have to be of another player twice in five or six months saying, I want out, Mr. Owner, mm-hmm. and getting their way at the end of the day? And how careful does that perception play in the locker room? What if Leonard Fournette knocks on the door next? Hey, I want out. I already took all my stuff off social media. I already said that you were trading for me. I, I already did out. all the hard work, yeah. I want out. Yeah. What if oh. – uh, who else is on that – in that uh, line? And how – I mean, is are they oh. not the only ones? Uh, do, we, do we experience for the next three, four, five months? And if so, how do the Jags plan from a roster standpoint with all this going on? Here's the problem, Brent, and th- I think this is going to be a big issue in negotiating – and just both sides talking going forward. If I'm Yannick Ngakwe, I'm in Yannick Ngakwe's camp, and I sit down with Shad Khan, and we hash everything out, and it's like you said, do you want to flex your chest a little bit and say, hey, this is my team, like I'm making the precedent here, we're going to play things by my way because I have the money and I'm the owner. And you know what? That's what you do as an owner. If you're the CEO of a business, that's what you do. Like Jerry Jones flexes his chest all the time. Now, players may disagree, but guess what? Ezekiel, they got paid. Dak Prescott, probably getting paid. Mari Cooper, probably getting paid. So from that perspective, you can flex your chest. Byron Jones isn't. Byron Jones, <laughs> but, but he wasn't getting paid regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just a, it's a casualty of the cap. But if I'm in Yannick Ngakwe's camp, here's what I bring up, man. And it's one of the glaring things of this whole saga right now. We wanted to get paid last year if I'm Yannick Ngakwe. All right? I, I did everything by the book. I showed up, even when I wasn't really supposed to, I showed up for my teammates, I tried to be a leader in that locker room, and I wanted to hash out a deal. But everything that we know, we got lowballed a little bit, and that was that. Now, I'm going to Shad Khan this time, I'm going to be like, you know what? We were around, man. All right? I, I was playing my butt off for you. Where are the negotiations? Tom Coughlin put an end to those. And guess what? Tom Coughlin, a guy that Shad Khan put in charge cut off all negotiations all right so so there was no talk so now all of a sudden shad khan wants to try to flex his muscles and be like well you know what uh, i'm gonna franchise take you i'm gonna take um you know some consideration here and we can hash everything out well you want to hash it out now where was that last year man where was that last year when i was trying to do with tom coughlin and he cut off all communications so i get last year wasn't shad khan's fault from the perspective of i'm sure he had a lot of things going on brent and the people that he appointed to run the football operations let him down okay i think anybody would agree to that including tom coughlin but the problem is going forward now there is no tom coughlin right there is no head of football guy there's doug marone there's dave caldwell and then there's the ceo shad khan and the problem is even though shad khan's different than tom coughlin you still have to answer for the mistakes that you made in hiring tom coughlin in the first place so if i'm in gakway's camp man i'm sitting down i'm like hey we could have talked about it last year but you didn't want to and now you want to talk about it yeah and uh, listen i'm not sure where shad khan falls in all of this i understand maybe the contention the beef the the take it or leave it came from coughlin mm-hmm. the you have more to prove came from coughlin in front of a microphone but it didn't come the, from shad khan brent it didn't but where is drawing the line in the sand on how much they'll pay comes from shad khan sure right i mean well, essentially, at the end of the day, he's got to stamp whatever anybody else says. True. And he has the power, if he wants to, to say, hey, guys, give this guy. He's earned more. Yeah. We, we can go here with it. So from that standpoint, I mean, maybe they do point. The, the Jan camp does point the finger to the owner. Mm-hmm. And that is a little more Jerry Jones-esque, even though it's not front and center. And he's not the face of it all in the negotiations and talk. But there's no doubt that I think Jalen Ramsey, at the end of the day, Took umbrage with the owner, too. Mm-hmm. 
you know, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Yannick Ngakwe's camp may have, too, because he's the one that signs the checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where maybe going back to our original thought uh, a couple hours ago now of who else is there to blame if Coughlin's already out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, then maybe there is still this angst even with the owner and with Caldwell and the front office and and everybody else around it. I want to ask you this. Uh, there's there's um, there's another thought or two I have on this been dominant on the show today, but uh, we talked scheme earlier on. We were talking Isaiah Simmons coming in. Yeah. Well. And you hint that last year you wanted Josh Allen coming in, change the scheme, hybrid at the very least, 3-4 potentially. Yep. How much does this situation with Yannick Ngakwe delay, stop anything you can do, want to do with the scheme? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to be here? Is he going to play if he even is here? Are you able to still move things? Can you allow a player to cripple your planning, if you will, yeah. in this situation if you do want to change things? Because here's the deal. You were right. You brought it up to John. And you and th- that has been the conversation uh, kind of quietly is, hey, we were thinking of doing some more three, four type of principal things, not all the time, but doing some of that with Josh Allen. But we couldn't because Jan was a holdout. Well, again, I'm, I'm going to call – there's, I don't think I'm going to call you know what you call on on this on this one because I remember being in the stadium talking to Todd Wash with the hold in front of microphones mm-hmm. with Yannick in a holdout fashion and he said listen Jan's a pro man he knows this stuff in and out he can do this and that he is he could run team meetings I think was the quote sure well listen. We're not talking about trying to figure out NASA's problems. Dude. We're talking about playing football. So We're talking about a defense. Do you drop back into coverage or do you rush the passer? So I understand you need reps at it and stuff, but it was not that long of a holdout. It wasn't that big of a – now, he also did miss some of the OTAs and stuff. But I just feel like that's a lazy excuse. I, I don't – Maybe they had some principal things they didn't feel comfortable with, but you, couldn't Come you on, do man. that at any time in the season, really? You talk about New England changes up every week yeah. what they do. So I just don't buy that Jan holding out was the reason they couldn't run more three, four things and should have got him, uh, Allen on the field more. I don't buy it. I really don't. And, uh, it may have had a small part to do it, but it couldn't have been that big of a drawback. Dude. But my point being, if they thought that was an issue, what about this year? Because mm-hmm. now he's he's not going to be there in OTAs, mm-hmm. and he probably won't be there most of most of August until he decides. Okay, I'll play on the franchise tag because I'm going to want to lose a million dollars every week. Yeah. So what do you do? How much will it impact the planning of schemes and 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 defense and how you might want to change things? So first of all, quick to your point about Yannick Ngakwe and last year the three four he wasn't around for it. Listen, I'm not going to toot my own horn or anything. When I went to Kansas City, I played in Bob Sutton's offense, which was one of the most complicated 3-4 offense, uh, 3-4 defenses in all football. Okay. I had to memorize realistically probably 10 different packages. Okay. I had to memorize a package for Justin Houston. That package was called, uh, Nittany, if I'm not mistaken. I had to, I had to memorize another package of Tom Bali. Dude, I got that done in three weeks and I had it all set. Okay. I, I, I never had an issue learning a playbook. And I'm sure Yannick Ngakwe is a lot brighter guy in football than I even am. So, 
to me, that's an excuse that just doesn't fly with me. Where Yannick Ngakwe wasn't here, we couldn't put a new defense in. No, man. There, you have huddle. You can show him video. You can pass on notes. Don't don't tell me that. Might it be an excuse this year, though, and a valid one? Well, here's the thing. So with Todd, if I'm Todd Wash right now, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm nervous. Okay? I'm I'm absolutely frightened because I look at what I did last year. And last year, I ran that base defense. And guess what, Brent? It didn't work, man. We saw it firsthand. We had a lot of those Jaguars games at home. We saw the Chargers. We saw the Texans. It did not work. Going forward, yes, you have to adjust, obviously. And maybe a 3-4 is an answer. But if I'm Todd Wash, I'll be honest, man, I'm nervous. Because if I want to run a 3-4 defense, I need to have two bookends. If I don't have two bookends, then it makes no sense to run a 3-4 defense. And on top of that, are we keeping Calais Campbell? Is Calais Campbell gone? What's up with Marcel Darius? I know, we, you know we're you know, we not going to sign and bring him back, but can we restructure a deal? There's so many question marks right now, Brent, where it's hard to even get something in mind of what you want to do on defense. If I'm Todd Walsh, I'm having sleepless nights because I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah, Josh Allen's fantastic going forward, and I can't wait to have him at my, my disposal. Fantastic. Josh Allen, you bet. What else we got right now? What, what else we got in defensive line? Marcel Darius, gone. Clayus Campbell, I don't know. Yannick Ngakwe, eh, I'm not sure. Dude, what are we going to do? I got seriously, and it's sex. I get it, man. We're still a long ways away and everything. You have time to adjust. We'll see how this all plays out. But where I sit right now, if I'm Todd Wash, I'm asking the question, what are we doing? It's a great point. If you're Todd Wash right now, you have no idea what you're going to have in April, yeah. May, June, especially August and September. And you can't build a defense around that. You really have a hard time making changes even with your current personnel because for another couple of weeks, now I'm sure they have pretty good insight on what they want to do with Calais and yeah. A.J. Boye, but those things are still fluid. As far as I, I know, that's what, those are very fluid situations still, and some of it hinges on this franchise tag for Yannick Ngakwe where that Ngakwe stuff was, it's uh, it's a tricky spot. I want to stay there on that part of it because there's one more element of this I want to get to. And it has to do with, in the NBA, players run the roost. Hmm? No doubt. LeBron runs the NBA. <laughs> LeBron says, I'm... Taking my talents to South Beach, everybody goes to South Beach. <laughs> he says, I'm coming back to Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, you know, get all your coats. Yeah. Uh, takes takes away all the burn jerseys and yeah, buys yeah. new ones. Yeah. And people go to Cleveland. Yeah. And goes to L.A. and things start happening. Sure. Like ball and company get traded away. Yeah. And But LeBron makes that happen. Players make it happen in the TJ, NBA. T.J. McConnell makes it happen. T.J. <laughs> McConnell. Is it starting to happen? And is it just Jacksonville? Oh, no. Is it starting to happen across the league? Is it a good thing for the league? And are there just... Uh, we're seeing examples with a couple of situations here in Jacksonville. And who's next then mm-hmm. for the Jags to maybe one out? Yeah. Those things next. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Which guy? Jameis Winston. Not even a, not even a question. He was quick on that. Yeah. Jameis Winston. 100%. I mean, I, I, listen, I think... You know, for whatever it is, the guy throws a ton of interceptions. He also threw for 5,000 yards and a bunch of tuds. And, you know, <laughs> from home run potential, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find that guy. He, he has shown me more. And again, you know, again, that's, that's an easy one for me. That's Jeff Saturday once again talking about uh, kind of what quarterback he'd take a flyer on at low money or lower money. And that was Jameis Winston. I'm not sure there is such thing as low money anymore at the quarterback position. Oh my goodness gracious, are you Sorry all right? Sorry about that. I'm fine, man. The question is, is the helmet all right? But 
Wow. Be all right. I Sorry mean, about that. The thing that didn't land on your finger I had to call off the oh, fight man, Friday. Oh, man, could you imagine? You'd be careful everything you do right now. I'm definitely going to sue this place if that ever happened. Oh, my goodness. I'm suing everybody. <laughs> Who makes the helmet? Sue them. Must have been one. <laughs> Could it go to Antonio Brown and somebody? Start suing people? I like it. Must have been one heck of a, a purse oh, Friday yeah. night in Dallas. <laughs> it's not bad, Brent. You know, not bad. It's a little juicy. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos, back here on a Monday. Uh, I, I've It's been so uh, entertaining and on fire today that I haven't even checked my email very much. But... Uh, Yan, 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 Yannick Ngakwe, the story. Here's the last way I want to take this. Yeah. And we even end, we'll get some other topics, good topics, but, uh, we're going to end with a little balling and falling. Uh, but we've talked all around this today, um, which we like to do in these big stories mm-hmm. and, and give all the sides of it as many as possible and, and vet as many things as possible on how this thing ends up. We certainly don't know for sure and everybody's got their opinions on it, but. One take I have is interesting. If you look at the Jag situations with uh, Jalen Ramsey and now Yanni Kangakwe, just in Jacksonville, and you can go to other places around the league, and you can go to Antonio Brown before it all went crazy with Antonio Brown, but even getting out of Pittsburgh and then even out of Oakland, uh, quite frankly, is it starts to feel a little bit like the NBA. And I teased that before and talked LeBron. And, and NBA guys, they, players dictate. Now, you can form super teams. You can call your buddy and be like, hey, come on. I know it's not – they don't endorse that. They don't They don't advocate it, but it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's how these teams come together. Are we going to see that in the NFL? Will the players have that much power to do that in the NFL? And is that what's going on a little bit in Jacksonville? And if that is going on in Jacksonville, I think it's being pushed by more agents than, than players, but players too. Players that as soon as they're like, you know what, I don't really like it here. I want bigger than Jacksonville. Jalen Ramsey, you think he wants bigger than Jacksonville? I think so. Branding-wise, he's well aware of it. You can go to bigger places in Jacksonville. Yeah. Do you need that is something that we've debated. And, and you know how I feel about it. I don't think you need that. I think I, the NFL is its own entity, man. And if you are successful, if you dominate, it doesn't matter where you play in Cleveland, Jacksonville, you will make the money. Absolutely. And with this and when yeah, you're as good man. as Jalen Ramsey was yeah. and has been. You, you, you know what that's doing? You know what's saying? Like, you know what? I can't play in Jacksonville. It's a small market and my brand needs a bigger market. That's you're not believing yourself. That's you taking an easy way out, saying, you know what? I don't have confidence in my abilities because I'm just going to default to, well, I have to go to New York to try to make my branding money. No, man, it's the NFL. You can make your branding money anywhere. Ask Travis Kelsey how his branding money is right now in Kansas City. Well, and they did it in Seattle. Yeah. Right? And by the way, Telvin Smith was all over the place in 2017. He was on Good Morning Football every other week. You know, Ask all those Gardner Minshew how it's working out right now. Gardner Minshew, fine. But I will say this. This is interesting with Jan. And I don't think there's, to be honest with you, I don't really know if there's a lot of motivation in that with Yannick Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I was watching, I think, uh, was I watching First Take kind of like from a distance today? And I just saw a couple of topics. I don't even know in the two hours that they do the show if they talked about Yannick Ngakwe. They may have. So correct me if I'm wrong. But I found it. I found myself asking, are they even going to talk about Yannick Ngakwe today? Mm-hmm. Ngakwe was the top of the thing on the ESPN headline once Schefter had a source and reported that he thought uh, that they were going to tag him mm-hmm. and that Ngakwe wants out. So it was there. But are they even going to discuss it with Yannick Ngakwe? And it's really interesting because Yannick Ngakwe is one of the really good young players in the NFL, although not too many people on a broad level talk about him. They know about him, but they don't talk about him. He doesn't be Jalen Ramsey, every time he was in the news, was a topic. He led shows. Sure. I mean, at, at NFL 
pregame show on NFL Network and ESPN that one morning we were in Denver. It was 20 minutes of Ramsey and 20 minutes of Minshew. Mm-hmm. It was like the greatest day in the history of Jacksonville marketing. <laughs> so, but that doesn't happen with Jan. So I, I guess that does that come into play a little bit? A bigger market would if he was playing mm. with the Giants? Would he? Would if he was playing with the Cowboys? Would this be more of a story? See, I think Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that's always been slept on. Okay, and I almost kind of call it like the, the the Miles Garrett effect a little bit. Miles Garrett had ten sacks last season, Brent. You never would have known that because you know Miles Garrett for the guy that went after Rudolph and tried to knock him out with his own helmet. Okay, and I get it. Cleveland's also a small market spot, but I think it's from a personality standpoint, right? Like Yannick Ngakwe. Listen, like every person, every athlete has their brand. Okay, and if you look at like usually what Yannick Ngakwe will tweet or what he shows on Instagram, what is it? It's it's him trying to motivate people, having the inspirational quotes, and trying to you know post like him you know doing workouts and things like that. Like from from a brand perspective, he's not like out of control or anything. You know, like to me, I think branding second to Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, it feels that you know way. It, it feels. I, I think he's more concerned about just trying to be the best football player that he can be, and then let, let the branding fall where it may. Which, let's be honest, is kind of an old school way of thinking. It right? is, but he feels slighted about the Pro Bowls and lack thereof, and that's. I, I mean, but, I've seen that on. Yeah, display. but is that a branding thing though? Is or is that him? You know, trying to put the hard work in, putting his talents to use, and him not getting acknowledged more Probably. for his talents than the branding perspective. But the cycle so, of that. That is because people no, don't. It, no, it's a popularity yeah, contest. You know, it, sometimes it is a popularity contest. I just think from Yannick Ngakwe's perspective, yeah, his, his brand is small. Do you put him in a different market and all of a sudden it grows? Well, you mentioned Olivia Vernon. I think when Olivia Vernon was in New York, I don't remember hearing much about him. No, okay, he didn't do much. Um, geez, he didn't do much. Either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dang good point. But so, uh, listen, man, I, I'm under. I'm under the. You know, the, the, the philosophies and the principles that you can play wherever in this league, Brent. If you're good, you're good. If you brand yourself properly, you, you know, you'll get the, you'll get the love and everything like that, especially with this instrument right here being yeah. your cell phone. So, no, I, I don't buy into the fact that if Yannick Ngakwe was someplace else, he'd be more of a household name. I just think it's kind of his personality. Do you think, uh, let's answer this part of the question and the other one, and then we'll get to some other things real quick before the end of the show. Uh, do you think, NFL players will someday be like the NBA where they'll be able to dictate moves? Yeah. Or is it because of the cap, because of the owners who have a lot of power, mm-hmm. uh, and because of the length of contract? Almost like there's, there's uh, this is going to be a bad choice of words probably, but there's scared nature of my, sh- my career is so short. Mm-hmm. My prime is so short that I've got to take advantage of what I can. I don't have time to mess around with that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell did, Antonio Brown tried to, and now he's out of the league mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. But I don't know if we'll ever get to that, although I feel like we're trending a little bit more of that example here, example we, here, especially in Jacksonville the last six months. We are trending towards that. I made up some great points with the owners. Obviously, the owners in the NFL are a little more stagnant. You know, like they're going to be known a little more than the NBA owners. But at the end of the day, here's where I think the big difference is going to be. Now, could the NFL turn to the NBA? I think so, and it could also be a dumpster fire if that happens. But I think the biggest difference between the NBA and the NFL going forward is the fact that the NBA, Brent, 
you know who your stars are, okay? You know LeBron James. You know James Harden. You know Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know uh, Joel Embiid. You know all these stars, and they know who they are, okay? Their peers know who the stars are. So when you request these max contracts, but of course, Giannis, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo next year going to make that top buku bucks, but of course. In the NFL, it's different, man, because it started with pretty much, in my opinion, Le'Veon Bell, okay? And he was the guy that's like, dang, Le'Veon Bell's going to sit out? Really, man? You had a good thing in Pittsburgh. What are you doing? But guess what? He did, and he kind of essentially maybe missed the year, but he got what he wanted. But what we're starting to have now, Brent, and no offense to Yannick Ngakwe and some of these other players, but th- these aren't the Tom Brady's, right? These aren't the Patrick Mahomes, just like they're not the LeBron Jameses and Yannick Sada de Kempos. These are kind of the smaller players who are now taking it upon themselves to sit out. Not to knock their position or anything like that, but I'm just saying on the on the spectrum perspective, Yannick Ngakwe is not LeBron James. Yeah. Okay. Yannick Ngakwe is not James Harden. But more Yannick Ngakwe type players are going to keep on doing this. So I don't see it going to the NBA just because, once again, you don't know who the star players are in the NFL. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I There's the last part of this. Any more on the in line now to try to exit, to force an exit? Here in Jacksonville, after what they saw with Ramsey, if they agreed with Ramsey, or what they are seeing with Yannick Ngakwe, could he be a Pied Piper in that essence to say, hey, I'm out the door? And keep in mind, we didn't talk about this as much today. We'll talk about it probably a little bit more tomorrow. But Calais Campbell could be next. Mm. And if you didn't think it hit rock bottom yet in terms of oh, bad PR, dude, you- <laughs> it could get one more worse. You know, it would be the worst. It, with uh, with the, with just on top of everything, we can argue whether Yannick's worse or Calais' worse, but on top of everything, there could be one more domino to fall in that regard. Mm-hmm. But what I'm asking is, I'm not saying this Calais, Calais may say, hey, I want out. He may ask. I mean, he could. I, I'm not saying he is. But will anybody, does anybody have the kind of that leverage play other than, like, I could see Fournette trying to do it. That's but what Fournette's I was going to say. Fournette's going in his final year, man. I mean, what's he got to does he have the leverage to do that? Say, trade me, get me out of here? Well, let me ask you this, though. So say he balls out this season. Obviously, running back, it's always a discrepancy of do you pay a running back top dollar money yeah. or not? So all of a sudden, next year, maybe we're talking about Fournette getting a franchise tag or not. And all of a sudden, Fournette not wanting the franchise tag, wanting a long-term contract. Yeah, and I just, I guess the 50-year option's in play. We'll see what the Jags decide mm-hmm. to do in May on that. So there could be a little bit, if they do pick up that 50-year option, maybe Leonard says... I don't want to be here for two more years. Sure. You know, well, maybe. And, and also keep in mind, too, the CBA with the fifth-year option, we'll see how that transpires Yeah, we as well. just don't know what's going to go on. Know. But does anybody else even have the play, the ability to do that? Well, once Miles again, Miles Jack just got paid. Is yeah. he, gonna, he got paid and didn't have a great year. Yeah, he so should be thanking the Jags. Once again, you're talking about the star players right now and even like the, you know, the s- s- semi-star players. Nobody else in that team sticks out to me right now. Really now? I mean, I guess Gardner mentioned in the next couple of years if he balls out. I actually thought of uh, that can too. You ima- can you imagine? <laughs> I don't want to get into it right now, man. People are going to be rioting in the streets if that happens. But could you see other guys? I mean, it, could it be anybody? It doesn't have to be a star guy. Could no, it I be hear D.D. You. West? The, the problem is the noise. Would the noise build and be like, hey, I want out of here too. I want out of here too. I want out of here too. And you'd be like, well, fine, go. But the <laughs> yeah. idea is that's not a good look. And so we'll see if it happens. There's plenty of offseason left, depending on what the Jaguars do, how these moves shake out yeah. for that to happen. See, that would be, to me, a very bad sign. That would be, my goodness. I mean, that is not a good look for an organization if people start one. People have done that, I think, uh, with the Knicks before. and I, I would say somebody with the Browns probably did that along the way. Sure. 
you know, I think uh, that reaches a bottom level oh, when guys start saying, "Listen, man, I'm, I'm out of here." I, I've told the stories when I was getting drafted and, and I was on the clock, and all of a sudden I saw the Cleveland Browns come up. I was like, "Please no, yeah, please no," because you, you knew just how bad that organization was, and I didn't want to go to Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, Brent. There's there's always talks in inner circles and everything, and people would say stuff. Probably, I think it's also important to say this: it's Jackson's not alone in the sense that some players don't like organizations would be in a certain place, whether it's a city, the way things are done, their playing time, all across. Who makes it vocal and kind of brings it out to the public is what we see. Mm-hmm. But I think it happens a lot more around the NFL that people are disgruntled and say, hey, try to get me out of here. But they do it on the quiet mm-hmm. more so than uh, than out in the public. All right, let's do ball and phone real quick because it brings up a couple of big topics I wanted to get into. Okay. What you got? Um, let me go ahead and bring it up real quick. All right, so balling. Um, did you watch the Pelicans-Lakers game? I didn't see much of okay. it. Okay, no. well, what you missed out on was one of the best intros of all time. Listen, Pat McAfee, either people love him or people hate him. But I think we can all establish it in terms of Pat McAfee announcing the starting lineup for the New Orleans Pelicans. Mwah, chef's kiss. Coos hit me with Zion Williamson's introduction. This man has been dunking Enough said, man. <laughs> he can get away with it. Yeah, Don't you always right. find? Isn't it funny how some personalities can get away with it? Like if I did that, people oh, would people like. People would be all, no, uh-uh, shut it down. It's amazing. Cancel Brent Martin. It's amazing what you can get away with. Like yeah, once you man. establish this persona. Yeah. And right now, it's like Charles Barkley. Yep. Charles Barkley can almost say anything he wants Dude, to say. Dude, he has said anything that he wants and not been in trouble. Shaq, a little yeah. bit like it, right? Yeah. And I think McAfee now. Once you become that personality personality it's almost like you can say whatever you want as a comedian because it's a joke sure and so it comes across that way Uh, you still tow a line there is a line somewhere along the way yeah and those guys try to get close to it i mean charles has said some things that he shouldn't have said probably without a doubt it came back but it it fascinates me that some people can get away with that the rest of us can't even come close to it and keep in mind like this was in the middle of the crowd he's standing in the middle of the court (laughs) announcing the players oh man all right balling real quick i got a couple unf hoops wins a uh, an a sun co-championship they don't get the number one seed because of uh, changeover and tiebreakers it really hurts UNF in that sense, or they could have had a number one seed and would have been locked into at least the NIT, which is important to mid-major schools to at least go there in the postseason. UNF won't get that. They'll be home tomorrow. We'll be out there with the show. It's JUUNF Part 3 in the ASUN tournament tomorrow. I really wanted to do PC Friars. Did you see they've won six games in yeah. the last five of them? Uh, six games in February, five of them against the top 25. They're knocking on that March Madness door, and uh, maybe we'll talk more March Madness tomorrow as we're now here, and it begins. Uh, But I'm going balling is Tony Romo. Oh, this is my fault. Okay, good, 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 good. It's actually my falling and balling. Okay, good, good. Let's get into it. (laughs) But but balling is he's going to make 17, 18 million. I think 180 million dollars over 10 years. Okay, so that's the balling. Yeah. My falling. I tweeted this over the weekend. Okay. Because there were players like Michael Thomas and oh, we're on the same page right now. Yeah, Michael Thomas and uh, someone else. Does it Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, see, it was Michael Thomas that I saw. Okay, I saw. And they were like. 
I can't believe that guy's going to get paid more than some players are getting paid and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And here's my tweet was essentially this. If you have a value in something, sure. you're going to get paid. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought the irony of it was Michael Thomas, a guy who held out for a little bit, got a new contract, I think became the highest paid wide receiver. Why? Because he has a value mm-hmm. in the NFL. He does something that few people can do at that kind of level. So we got $20 million a year, something that never had happened before. Well, Tony Romo does something better than most people do it. So therefore, he has a value. He can name his price. This is what it gets me. It's so funny that the an NFL player was saying that because fans always complain about what NFL players and, and athletes make. Sure. And you know why they make it? Because you can't do it. Yeah. We can't do it. They're a one percent. Yeah. Well, Tony Romo right now as an analyst is in the one percent. He is. He does. He's, some, he's good, man. He's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Good for him. And, and if CBS can afford it, then they pay him whatever he's worth. Yeah. The one last part is I don't ever understand why we don't criticize Tom Cruise or anybody else for getting forty million to do a movie. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, man, because Bowen is players hating on Tony Romo. Like, listen, number one, Tony Romo's not taking your reps away at wide receiver Michael Thomas. So why are you hating on the guy, man? Tony Romo just showed that, you know what, you can be very knowledgeable in the sport of football, you can retire, and there's a career after it, man. You should be encouraging Tony Romo, dude. He's part of the shield. Celebrate Tony Romo, man, because you know why? He's not cookie cutter. He's rough around the edges. He's a football guy, and people love that. So I'm celebrating Tony Romo, man. If Tony Romo gets $17 million a year, was it? Yeah. Dude, if he gets that you know what that's good for me because I, I consider myself more like a Tony Romo than like a you know like a Joe Buck or somebody like that because I'm rougher on the edges too so players should be celebrating Tony Romo man not hating on the guy yeah Come guys on. like me should be hating on Tony yeah. Romo it's like we Stephen go to school Smith. for this stuff Stephen we Smith should be hating on him you his butt at UNF games and you give Tony Romo 17 million dollars I've been Come wanting on, to man. do this since I was 12 Tony <laughs> Romo just walked into a booth and he's making 180 million I'm going to go get my fast food and have a good night. You have a good night, too. Thanks for listening on ESPN 690. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.